I'm Alex. And I'm Adam. And this is... Bropium for the Masses. Welcome to Bropium for the Masses. And Alex, this is actually a rather momentous episode. We've finally achieved preteen status on the podcast. (laughs) We're double digits, baby. We're 10 episodes in. Oh, I thought you were going to say I finally got rid of that rampant infection down there. But no, but this is also good, like the the podcast. Yeah. I told you that in confidence. (laughs) And (laughs) I meant, oh, I meant my rampant infection. Oh, yeah. Oh, share, share infections. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. Um, Yeah, we're we're (laughs) we're 10 years old. Or You're something. A, med- a medical professional, and I told you something in confidence. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? At first, do no harm, and then don't tell anybody. <laughs> That's like literally the second thing I think they teach you in med school is don't yeah. tell anyone about the raging case of herpes you saw in a patient yesterday. Don't don't yeah. talk about it. Don't make jokes about it. Don't make it a story at um, uh, dinner time. With yeah. the rest of your family, yeah. Not at Thanksgiving, especially or Christmas no. and and birthdays for the last ten years. It is do talk about fecal disimpaction, but don't talk about uh, pus coming from anywhere below the belly button or above the knees. That's like cardinal rule. Don't do that. Yeah. Now, only because it sounds like the worst form of candy bar in the world. What is disimpaction? <laughs> like, what is? <laughs> okay. I mean, does it sound what you think? What's, what's, what's your intuition about what it is? Fecal di- disinfection. What is it? So it well, it sounds like the internet, don't don't use the, the internet yet. It sounds like there's fecal impaction, and the, <laughs> yes, the disinfection is really just an unfortunate rigmarole of well, really a circus of horrors, if you will. <laughs> Sometimes it involves a, a digit being inserted into the rectum in order to, you know, literally remove yeah. impacted feces this correct oh. yes yeah, so. what are we what what yeah. digits do we work with five seven a nine <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine the patient turns around and he's and he's like what do, was that only one finger you could go with two i'd be <laughs> yeah. this would this would shock me but also i would be impressed i'd be like i'm not even mad you just said this to me yet. <laughs> yeah jeez jeez doc using your pinkies what's going on here Disimpaction has all of the flavor of, uh, I think when Laura on the podcast said uh, on in episode nine, uh, ex- there's externalities, which is like a good way of like yes. sugarcoating things we don't like to talk about. It's like, yeah, fecal disimpaction is sort of like physical externalities. It's uh, it, it, it's just, just doesn't have the, yeah. It, it's like uh, poo finger. No one wants to say that word. Yeah. Like it's not, yeah, it's, or those words. It's not, it's, it's no, yeah. It's so literal too, but it's not. It's it's so literal and accurate, but it's not mm-hmm. medical sounding enough to be like relieving no. to the patient. It, physically exactly. relieving, very relieving yeah. to the patient. Yeah. But yeah. Not, not. It's like when you hear like, oh, you have, uh, you have like, uh, you have blephitis or something. You know, the eye disease. Or, yeah, blephitis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's like, oh, there's there's some good substance to that. They're like, oh, it's just a complicated term for like eyelash mites and you're like okay cool but like okay. saying i you got a bad case of poo finger my friend it just doesn't have, doesn't have the same we're, we're mixing a bunch of stuff up here so okay phlebitis is the inflammation of the venous wall so if you got like an iv put in you bad and it was like no one washed their hands before they did it or 
put alcohol swab, you can get an inflammation of your veins. So that would be considered phlebitis. I don't know what this eyelash mite thing you're talking is, but it also sounds like mites living in your eyelashes is terrible. So <laughs> this is I, a thing. Did you have a? I have I have two <laughs> comments. One. The venous wall definitely sounds vaginal. Two, the <laughs> I'm not a medical not a medical professional. Alex. The walls of your veins. Your veins. Venus. Yes, I get it. As <laughs> okay. and it is venous. Uh, yes, yeah, I, I sure. do. I oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do God I hear? Love. Do I hear the next feminist movement? Venus wall. I think. I think I do. It, but it's, yeah. I I also it's either or, a, or a cover band led by Alanis Morissette. Yes. Know, yeah. Of just yeah. doing like. Um, Ani DeFranco cover band called Venus Wall. I feel like that's, yeah. but uh, but uh, uh, the lead singer is Alanis Morissette. I don't know why she's the most, the, the, why she popped into my head. She's just the most qualified. She and seems she, like she would be, yeah. And as a 90s darling, she could actually come out with a cover song to launch the movement saying, and maybe gonna <laughs> be the one that saves me. <laughs> and after all... You're my Venus. <laughs> yeah. So that's comment okay. number one. Comment number two. Everyone has eyelash mites. They're a thing. No. And, uh, yes. What? Eyelash mites oh. are a thing. Yeah. It's like one of those things where, you know, like the human body is just, like I said, a circus of horrors. And oh, totally. most of it those, totally is. Yeah. Most of those horrors are alien to the human body. They're like, of the things that your body's composed of, a shit ton of them are not you. They're like other things. Eyelash mites. They're one. Oh, God. They look terrible. I'm oh, looking they, at them right now. They're not friendly. They're not friendly. They. So you know how like... Uh, what was who, who was that incredible makeup oh. artist who did her horror makeup in the? It was a Canadian, in like through the eighties and nineties. Um, oh, oh, not man. not not Kevorkian. Is this the guy who did um, all of the Walking Dead makeup? Is that uh, no? Guy? He probably inspired it. He's the one who did like the fly makeup and the things oh, makeup. No, I, I I can't even. That won't populate in my brain right now. Either no, way, it is yeah. just like the things of nightmares. That you're like, oh, I've seen horror movies that have scared the bejesus out of me. Not the Jesus and but Jesus. And yeah. that's that's Jesus times 10, if anyone doesn't know. But <laughs> the the real world has many more horrors and they live in your eyelashes. So you kind of yeah, no, I just looked them up. They look terrible. Yeah. Like you stare through them every day. It's kind of gross. Yeah. This is think no. think about that. this is like when i tell people the average person who who are like really afraid of spiders i always have like random spider facts i like to give people who are terrified of things i believe they're called arachnifacts please Uh, arachnifacts (laughs) is being afraid of spider facts arachnophobic no Uh, i I, I tried to do something there (laughs) it's got it would have no it would have something like uh it have something much more like metaphysical it would be like yeah the the arachnometaphobia or something (laughs) something like that so the average person swallows apparently two spiders per year in their sleep. Um, I mean, so that means, well, this is, this is what I always say. They're like, Oh, two. I'm like, well, I said average. I mean, maybe you're swallowing like 20 and someone and like 10 other people are swallowing none. So like, there's that idea too. And yeah. they're like, what? Like, it's like, yeah, well, I'll just leave that. And I'm, and I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. This uh, is, you, never, you, never, you never tell them the median. You're like, yeah, median, like zero spiders. But yeah. <laughs> are you keeping the average really high by That's swallowing it. those it's, 20 it's like, every why, year? 
why are you swallowing thousands of spiders? Like, this, yeah. you know, science wants to know. Yeah. So I don't know you, where how, how the hell did we go? Oh, sp- eyelash mites. Okay. Yeah. I'm yes, like, what just yes. happened here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Follow the sequence of nonsense. <laughs> yes, that's it. Okay. So just, I got to, I got to correct something really quickly because I'm, 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 idiosyncratic in a way sometimes it's uncomfortable for me but um, our first correction lay it down on us alex yeah so on in episode eight we were talking about i think we were talking about healthcare, and i i think i launched into like an ivermectin i i sort of went a little wild on my ivermectin thing i think it was about like why affordable uh, affordable healthcare is so important for Americans? I think we were we, we were we were leaning on that in some way, and I took a walk on my point. I didn't even come back to it, and uh, like uh, of course I I re-listened to everything we put out just to see um, did I sound like a total idiot? Um, the answer is how yes. far was my head yeah. up my own ass? Exactly, yeah. and, and then that and that's going to happen because I think we I think thinking in real time sometimes. Uh, for me, it's obviously a struggle. And so I, you know, I'm, and I'm trying to like get you, you know, you're trying to get an idea, but you're not like, you're trying to write an essay. We've all been in this and you know exactly the way you want to form that essay, but getting the words to like link together in a way that is cogent for someone else reading it to know what the hell you were trying to say is like, yes, that takes time. And, uh, and Crystal chirps me about this all the time. She's like, you take, why do you take hours to write an essay that, you know, you're never going to finish a master's. You're, you have to write essays in, in, in 20 minutes and just, just get words on the page. And, you know, it doesn't matter. It's about volume, right? It's like, no, man, uh, no, that's, that's like every person who talks about their, tries to make their point and makes it in this like long-winded kind of BS way uses words they shouldn't be using. It's just like, that's not who I am. I'm trying to get to the point immediately, arrive at it, simplify it. I'm a simple dude. And yeah. So anyway, I took a walk on this point and I, what I meant to say was, and it's funny, I had a listener correct me on this go. Yeah. You just like, you took a walk there. I'm like, no, I totally did. You're right. When I listened to it, what I was trying to say was the reason why sometimes Americans want these sort of a miracle cures like ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or vitamin D or whatever bullshit populists or, you know, culture war advocates were peddling. It's that they want those things because they're health. They have no healthcare, right? They want something so cheap and easy to obtain to be, to, to, to save them. And, and like, that's in some ways really sad. It's, it's, it's worse than the idea that like drug companies are keeping these miracle cures from them. And there's this big conspiracy. I, I just think that that may be true in some cases. Uh, we talked about that. I think we, that's how we sort of diverged there. And you were talking about the epi and how much epi cost after the fact, after they got legislation passed, that's like yeah. made epi, epi pens, yeah, epi yeah, pens epi. available everywhere. And it's yeah. like, yeah, now we're going to jack the price to 400 epi pen. So I think what I was trying to say there was that, you know, people really want these things to be true because they don't want to die of COVID. And with a million deaths in the United States, I think it's upwards of a million. Maybe I'll, I'll even be generous to say it's, I think it's like 850, between a million, 850,000. They have something like 20% of the world's deaths and they represent, I think proportionally, they don't represent 20% of the world's population. So they have the highest death per capita. And I think that says something that says, Americans are culturally divided, really like the culture wars in America have become something so bad there that I think Laura was touching on this too. She's like, you know, there's, there's such a bad representation of democracy right now. And, 
and I think that's where I was, I, I took a walk on that point and that's kind of what I was trying to say. So anyway, I wanted to correct that and, um, you know, maybe I'll, whatever, somebody's going to find another correction, but I, I, de- I definitely did not finish my point there and I'll sound in episode eight, like I'm just blathering on and not making any sense. I think, well, I thought I didn't make any sense and I'm the one I'm, you know, I'm obviously hardest on myself. So, which, which Hey, Alex, I think that that's maybe the best, the best position you can take on your own points is to be the hardest on yourself because like, ah, I misrepresented that so so expertly. I should probably mm-hmm. go back and correct that. You like when when do you see that in public discourse? Like, oh, we got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, th- I mean, th- I think that's what long form conversation is about, right? But um, but again, the thinking in real time, or I'm reacting to something you said, or you, or likewise. I mean, I think it's easier for you. I think you're a smart dude, so uh, I'm thinking, you know. I'm trying to think in real time on my feet. Sometimes that that's a, the most difficult way to think. Essentially, you're asking me to write an essay right now on with no references, without time to consult my APA formatting guideline. Hey, <laughs> you know, or, whoa, or my whoa. MLA, MLA we, formatting. We have the finest Wikipedia-able knowledge. At our <laughs> that's right. As to, yeah. to, to prove as much, um, it's actually apparently 989,000 deaths in the no United way. States. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're 11K away from the all-time world record. Worst Guinness record ever. Right. But yeah, I, I, you know what? I think we can at least agree on two things. One, ivermectin is still so great for horses. And no, two, yeah, no, no. <laughs> and, <laughs> easy. That was, that was, a lot, that was an easy one. Um, yes, but no Wikipedia access no needed Wikipedia. for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I think I think you 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 bring up a point of the the fact that ultimately, you know, desperation and despair become the easiest antidotes antidotes to skepticism. And when you are when you are so desperate for a binary answer or yeah. even worse if you're in so if you're in such despair that you're willing to believe anything because you don't have honestly the emotional capacity to be skeptical of any solution to your problem or sorry of all solutions to your problems so you'll take any solution to your problem yeah that's that's when you ultimately find yourself in a compromising position for yourself in saying that I'll take anything that says it can fix my current predicament, and or that's protect me, or or uses a shield. Or you're right, or protect or, me, or shield yeah, yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's uh, ultimately that's where that's where fear sows such such efficient and effective despair. Oh, no doubt. This is like this makes these people. Well, these people. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. Yeah, the, they're such easy prey for purveyors of the culture war or. Um, uh, for fear tactics, which which we see being employed right now, like, yeah. uh, and we can get into this. Like, I just saw uh, an ad against Stephen Del Duca, who is the Liberal Party leader uh, for the Ontario Liberals. Now, I just saw an ad, and it was like Stephen Del Duca is going to take your guns. It's like here we go. We're into the culture war. Like, it's about guns, right? Not. Stephen Del Duca's policy on energy is A, B, C, and D. And we don't think that that policy is right. And we think a better energy policy might be, you know, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah. Uh, and we think that, you're, that, that Ontarians really need a really substantive energy policy. Like that's not, we're not, we're, we're way beyond doing things like that. And I think I was, you know, I pressed Laura a little bit on this last week. 
but it's like it's about guns like what we don't even really have gun problems in, in Canada. This isn't a th- uh, this is not a major deal, but again, it's borrowed from the states. We're just at least culture war bullshit. At least not legal guns. It's actually okay. They, that's fair. So this is where you, this is where you can be divisive. Yeah. Legal guns, time and time again, are proving not to be a big problem in Canada. It's yeah. illegal firearms. So. Yeah. And I, I take the conservative position on this because, you know, um, for, for everybody listening, I'm a gun owner. I, I own guns. Um, nut. Uh, the word he meant to say was nut. He's a gun nut. Gun, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm I'm not even representing myself correctly here. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I own firearms. Now, um, I don't think that a policy of punishing legal firearms owner owners who obey the law is is a path forward to common sense gun legislation. It simply isn't right. It's, it's, it's a good way to not get any votes in the next election or to give, uh, basically hand your enemies ammunition. Uh, I don't mean that as a pun. I mean that in a more you know, less literal sense. It was a good like, pun. It was a good yeah, pun. It was, uh, okay. I went there a little bit. I, I it was on purpose. So, um, but the, it's certainly the problem of illegal guns um, in North America uh, has to be solved, right there. So, if you were to say, "Look, you can't own a handgun. This is the way it's going to be," so that no no handguns that are legally owned can ever slip into the hands of a criminal. Okay, well, I, I don't know if that's a bridge I'm willing to cross, but it's certainly a conversation I'm willing to have. But I, mm-hmm. I'm going to need some pretty su- strong supporting data to suggest that my legal gun is going to be stolen from my home. And potentially be involved in a murder somewhere, and that's the way in which all gun crimes are happening. Well, well, actually, I, I don't even know line, if it is, but yeah, no, they're in there in lies actually the, the statistic that you probably want, but I don't think you can access easily in Canada is the fatality rate performed by guns acquired illegally, or or yeah. what is what is the um, number of guns that kill people that are illegal. Yeah. Yes, yeah, the number of guns killed yeah. illegally obtained. Yeah, which is oh, okay. Well, God, there's what, some other... what a morbid statistic, but yeah, wouldn't right? that be yeah. so helpful? Because you're like, oh, it's 99%. And you're like, oh, so we're legislating for 1%. Yeah. How uh, is that solving the problem? I don't even. Th- uh, okay, so I. I I, I didn't. I didn't even intend to get into a into a gun issue debate or, or whatever a conversation about. But I think that's a good place to go here. Um, uh, so, so I saw something terrifying on Vice, and that was that there's like three D printed guns are now yeah. becoming more of the standard of how we're getting. Like you know, you're going to see illegal guns come up. Th- thankfully, they're not that good, and um, a lot of guns that are three D printed on the internet are not are just not really reliable weapons. So if you're going out to do, uh, let's imagine you're a gang and you're going out to do a drive-by, you probably shouldn't go with any 3D guns, the, the printed guns. They're just not, they're not as reliable as you really needed to be. They, and in, they break. An incredibly, and, an incredibly effective tool to uh, to instill fear, not actually an effective tool in a gun fight. Correct. So you, correct. So Don't the, bring your 3D printed gun to a gunfight, essentially. Yes, is what it's actually, yeah, new, that's actually, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Golden pony boy, now, but don't bring a 3D printed yeah. gun. <laughs> so, I mean, unfortunately, there are one or two individuals who are purveyors of 3D guns that work really well. And you can get their, I think you can pay for their 
uh, what is it? A blueprint, or you can you can pay for these things. It would be a, yeah, are, it would be a three D printer. Uh, it's like set of code and play. that's what yeah, yeah something like that. And these guys are making money off this, and they're they have made some three D printed guns that are like fully automatic, totally reliable. You know, there's but again, there's only a couple. Um, but this is like a burgeoning market, and I don't think people really know about it or think about it. But we, and so, metal detectors can't scan them. Well, so apparently they do require some, uh, like the bolt, right? The thing that strikes the actual strikes bullet, the, actual. the primer, yeah, that needs to be metal. But it doesn't have to be a metal that's ferrous. Like it could, yeah. Be, I don't know. Like I. So anyway, this is the thing about gun legislation. It's already behind what where we think it should be. And yet again, we don't have a substantive policy or any party thinking about a substantive policy that would that would limit 3D printing of guns. And you might say, well, that's going to limit the rights and freedoms of people to 3D print whatever they want. Okay, that's fair. But again, we're we're ta- we're already you know I see a, a this ad against Stephen Del Duca is going to take all your legally obtained firearms. That's not true. That's simply that's culture war shit by the conservatives. And yep. two. Soon it won't matter if anybody comes for your guns because you can just 3D print the gun yourself. You won't have to worry about there's no licenses for 3D printed guns. They're totally untraceable. Like these are this is totally a thing. So, I mean, what does a 3D printer cost? I don't know. Do you, do you even know? I don't Probably know. Probably 1200 bucks. OK, so for 1200 bucks, I can print an unlimited okay. number of like, guns. Okay. Like a good one. Like why? Why would I go buy a uh, SIG 226? for 1500 okay well it's to- it's totally made of metal and it's made by six hour which look i'm gonna be honest with you as a as a handgun owner it's a sick gun like it's a really super reliable if you run out of bullets you can beat somebody to death with it it weighs like 100 pounds like it's a it's a very good well-designed firearm i'm not i'm, I'm not even look i'm not being paid by sig here i'm just saying it's a good if as i'm, just a, go, I'm yeah. just a fan <laughs> i'm just a fan yeah so but wh- why would i do that now i can print 15 archetypes built on the SIG platform in my 3D printer and pay pennies for them. So I, I just think that we're, again, we're right behind this. We're behind where the actual, what things are actually happening in the world. We're already behind it from a legislative standpoint. I Okay, this, this I have to ask this question because uh, this, this, then this might be, let me know if this is an unfair qualifier. Okay. You are a hunter. Correct. You own firearms for what like nine times out of ten the purposes for hunting absolutely actually i i've rarely gone i've gone pl- plinking as they say you know like shooting for fun but not at animals like I've it's done it. sport sport shooting is that what well, it's called yeah i've done it once so a buddy of mine owns um they own his family owns quite a bit of farmland uh, yeah nor- north of where i live and um it was like during the pandemic and he's like look man we're getting a bunch of guys together. Just bring all your guns and like all your ammo. And we're going to just, we're going out to a, uh, to, to an empty field. We this was a hundred percent legal. It was on private it's, property. It is. It's a totally, it is hundred percent legal. Yeah. We wouldn't do anything that was illegal. Um, uh, and you know, we're just going to just fire a bunch of stuff. So he bought, he brought a whole bunch of stuff from the farm, like things full of paint and yep. just like stuff that would be fun to shoot at, right? Watermelons, like whatever. Um, uh, one of the a metal plinking thing we had the, the 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 disc thrower to throw clays like we just made fun of. It. He's like you know we're, we're we have to socially distance, but 
let's just uh, so bring all your weapons and we'll 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 play a little comparison game. And it, and yeah. it, it honestly was super fun, right? Just a bunch of guys out in a field in and it was like minus thirteen or something <laughs> like that. That's Celsius for our American listeners. So it's cold. And we're just like, you know, we're just shooting stuff up. Like, so that's like one of the only times I've ever gone and like wasted ammo. Otherwise, it's like at ducks or a deer or something like that. Like, I'm never that guy who just like blows through a whole bunch of ammo for literally no reason. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah. So this is an actually, this is a very interesting, uh, a very interesting qualifier then because the, the like sport, sport shooters aside, your your p your p file your what is the uh, pal position acquisition your position acquisition or uh possession and acquisitions license yes so, which was a year's ac- <sighs> year year long way to get that license it was a bit yeah i had to yeah the, here's the cool thing about the pal well cool other people are not going to agree crystal my wife has to sign it physically and date it and then the rcmp the royal canadian mountain police the sort of essentially the fbi of canada or yeah. or cia of canada whichever one whatever now it would be more fbi yeah sure sure let's call it the fbi they call her and say your husband has applied for a gun license are you aware of this and she goes yep no i'm totally aware okay just as long as you're aware like that's there is there are checks and balances yes on yeah on a pal so and and then here's an even more fascinating kind of to qualifier here you store your ammunition in one place and your firearms in a case right correct like yeah yeah which none of this in the word i've been avoiding because this is what it isn't for yeah never have i heard you say i have my firearm for protection for home defense yeah no it's not yeah. not not home defense not protection actually <laughs> jim jeffries has a really good skit about this he goes he goes, all right, yeah, you come to Canada, eh? Oh, you're gonna try and take my, you're gonna come in my, break in my house, eh? Okay, hold on, let me get out to my gun safe, <laughs> unlock, unlock my safe, uh, unlock the trigger lock on my gun, <laughs> go to the separate room, unlock my ammunition case, get that loaded in my gun. Hold on, give me twenty minutes, I'll be right back. Don't rob me. Like he, he makes this joke. It's like, yeah, the the what what we have done here in Canada is made it. It essentially, with seven years of jail time if you're not you know, storing your guns correctly. So to me, it's like, well, there's no reason not to store them correctly. So I keep my guns in a cabinet, totally locked in a room that is locked in my house that is locked. It's like three, t- that's three locks, yeah. right? And then all my ammunition is stored in um, like sort of smash proof cases that are like either metal or yeah. like a toolbox and they're locked. So yeah, like, uh, look, is anybody going to come here? No, no one's going to do it. But But that's what the regulation is. And I just abide by because it it's super easy. Put a lock on it. It's not a big deal. Yeah. So this yeah. this is funny. This is kind of funny. Any person who really should have, if if you have one problem with legal firearms in Canada, it's that it's elitist, right? <laughs> yeah. Because gun gun cases are not, not inexpensive. No man, everything's expensive. <laughs> yeah. expensive. So, so babe, hold on. You're telling me gun ownership is actually racist. Gun, gun but it's class. Yeah. It's it's at classist, least sorry. classist. It's, it's, it's at, at least, least classist. classist. And yeah. through through an analysis of the classism of classism of gun ownership, legal gun ownership in Canada, yes. Yes. it will probably come out to be to be somewhat racist. So yeah, fair. Yeah. Really, yeah. isn't doesn't that make illegal gun ownership the black market, if you will, the equalizer to to 
to okay. you know <laughs> to, to <laughs> play I, I yeah that's a horrible statement okay so here's and i think let's round this out how yeah. many toddlers accidentally this happened last week in the states how many toddlers accidentally killed their parents or how many brother like young siblings accidentally shoot their their brothers or sisters in the face here in canada it's like it that this never happens because loaded handguns are not lying around all the time. We just simply don't have that culture. In, in fact, I, I'm going to make this up, but I, I heard the statistic. Per capita, we have some of the largest gun ownership in the world, right? So something like for 10 million legal gun owners in Canada, we have something like 7 million guns, right? So that's a lot of guns. That's a lot we of do, guns. We have none of the violence, right? We have none of the accidental sh- shootings of toddlers by siblings or um, or 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 accidental children shooting their parents' backs, and we have none of that. There was, to, to put in this perspective, last week there was ten mass shootings in the United States. So how uh, many did qual- you, qualifier how many though? Did you, okay. Qualifier for a mass shooting in the qualifying to to a qualifies a mass shooting in the United States has to be three consecutive people, I think. Uh, I don't. I, I I can't believe we're talking. About yeah, this. sorry, because no, Is it's it? actually oh, okay. it's terrible. Yeah, there's a qualifier for oh a mass shooting in the United okay. States, but you're right. There's ten mass shooting, last ten mass week. shootings in, last week in the United States. Yeah, and all involved, most of them involved legal legal guns. So, look, I I see the I see the debate here. Like I see that there's. Uh, fertile ground for debate on how we stop legal, illegal firearms from coming. Uh, what, what are you you're signaling it's at? It's four. Me? It's it's actually it's not three three victims. It's four. Oh, it's four. Oh shit. Oh, sorry. Four victims is the qualifying amount. So what of is? Victims. What's only three? That's just a shooting. Then that that would be it's a, just a like in a, a shooting like um yeah. yeah it's like a a shooting assault like three consecutive firearm assaults. Can you imagine the reporting on this? Uh, we had a, a mass shooting. Oh, no, we're getting word. Hold on. No, one of them survived. No, it was just a shooting now. No. We have to take away the mass because yeah. the fourth victim actually did survive. It's just a shooting now. It's Ricochets like, don't count. That's crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. If it's, yeah. If it's just, it must be individual bullets has to strike yeah. their targets. Well, no, and, is, and isn't it's, this, this such, is craziness? This is craziness. Th- it's craziness, but honestly, you know, you, like, it's it's funny May we always, I always say this, for at least for our judiciary, may we always have subdivided classification because that ultimately is a is an attempt to better understand the crime. That's, yes, true. That's, that's true. my hope. No, you're right. You're right. But, but, what, but what we have here is actually, again, if we go back to this, even this, and to circle back to the Del Duca ad, um, what I really think, I think we found the fear mongering on a binary that still even even the the opponent and the proponent of whatever legal firearm legislation could exist yeah. is not getting to what people actually fear and that in my expectation is fear of a perpetrator with an illegal firearm with a gun Accost- period i don't even, a, yeah, yeah. a gun yeah. period but it's like a gun i'm i'm afraid of people with guns but it's like okay cool but understand what are the circumstances surrounding a person with a firearm. Well, I told and, you that's a great and, point. And that's those people, point. those people who have firearms that are using it to instill fear, are I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I want I want to be corrected on this because I I'm gonna bet I won't be. My guess is that what people actually fear 
are those using firearms to instill fear and those firearms are illegal firearms. That is Yeah, correct. Yeah. I will I will I will bet we're putting it. We're putting a solid Wilfred Laurier on that one. No, I think that's probably you're probably right. Yeah, it's like I I operate in outside of the so-called legal markets here and I know that if I don't have a gun and someone else does, then I'm going to lose my family, business, money, whatever. Put whatever you want in the in the in the sentence here, but yeah, I mean to lose my life, right? Or whatever cases. So anyway, I, again, we're not even getting to a, uh, we're not even get to, getting to common sense gun legislation. And I think that the, the, the United States is a great example of this. You, you were, they're talking about assault weapons and, and they're arguing over what the, what is the legal definition of an assault weapon weapon. And people are already creating 3d printed guns with, with zero attachment to the government. The government has no idea about these. They're already assault weapons. So while you guys, you old guys are like debating what is, what, you know, constitutes an assault weapon. You're so behind. And when that, when that kind of stuff hits the streets or, or or gangs start using that kind of stuff and they will, because that's what criminals do. They find the best avenue, right? You're you're behind the times. Your people Strange. are going to be dead by these guns already. You know, strangely so. innovative in that regard. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and, and it's it's yeah. actually, uh, and this is you know, again, I, I say this every time we talk about this, and it's just like you know, your legislators should have to ride on the public transit that they try to legislate away Correct. or yeah. legislate for. You can't live in a gated community and try to legislate the communities where the crime happens without yeah, governed from the hill kind of thing. Yeah, right? go, exactly. Entirely yeah. governed from the hill. And that's where I think, uh, and, and this is where I, I don't even know what your representative would have to suffer through to be an effective representative in that regard. But unfortunately yeah. to, to my own knowledge, and maybe I'm not listening hard enough. I don't know that representative's voice. I've never heard their voice. No, true. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a fair point. So yeah. Well, okay. So, so yeah, I don't want to get too deep in it. I could, I could talk about the gun thing forever. Cause actually Laura asked me one time, what's, what's up with the gun debate? Because she's not a gun owner and she only sees the, I don't say the lip. No, I don't I don't want to speak for her, but she was more on uh, from my intuition was she was more in line with, yeah, well, guns seem to be somewhat of a problem, right? Like I think 2000 and was it 2019 or 18, where it was called the year of the gun in Canada, where we had something like, I'm going to make it up. It was like we had, uh, we had a hundred gun murders in Toronto and people were like, oh my God, this is crazy. And I'm like, okay, in Canada writ large, I don't think we even go over 300 gun murders a year in the whole country. The US is like 14,000 a year. Like, okay, I get it. They're 10 times the population. But that then that that's ten, that's, ten times is only three thousand. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> okay, this proportionality matters here. Mm-hmm. Math matters, kids. Yeah. And that would that's like what's happening. What is happening there? Right. So um I don't I'm not I don't know what's happening there. I'm not I'm not a cultural analyst on that point, but certainly um there is a common sense solution to that we can all agree on, left and rights. Right. So because uh, so I'm sort of on the I'm sort of on the right man about some gun legislation. I don't think that um, punishing everyone because we have guns flooding across from the U.S. that are illegal. I just don't think that that's a That's not a way that people are going to think that the government is reliable. It's like we don't think anyone's responsible enough. Let's just take away everybody's guns. Well, yeah, that's not a thing, man. Like that's, well, this actually you're you might actually be you might actually be hitting on something that could work. 
on an island named Australia. Right. But ultimately, you, you're also arriving at the fact that this isn't working because we share an incredibly long land border with a country that is known for yeah. its guns. So, well, what, what it, happened in Australia? Pull, pull that apart because I think that's that's interesting. Pull that apart. That. You had you had you had uh, the worst uh, mass shooting in Australian history in the eighties, I believe it was, it was the eighties. Forgot what it was called, but I remember it being like the eighties. And then you yeah. you had the conservative leadership of the country, the conservative leadership of the country, say yeah. we're putting it was one hundred percent gun ban. We're going to do a gun buyback. We're doing a gun meltdown. No more guns in in Australia. I think it was. I want to say eighty three. Um, but yeah, and and then it was mash- uh, nineteen. It was nineteen ninety six. Apparently, it was ninety six. Oh man, then just the news feeds uh, look so this bad. Was in two federally funded gun buybacks and voluntary surrenders, and the state government's gun amnesties before and after the Port Arthur massacre Port were Arthur. collected. That's what was called the Port Arthur massacre. I go. remember this vaguely. I'm not sure. Uh, okay, you know what? It might have taken effect in ninety six, but I'm not exactly sure when the Port Arthur massacre was. But essentially, yeah, that's what they did. They said, "Look, can't have guns anymore." And what? And what happened to their gun crime? So <laughs> it evaporated. Yeah. Imagine that: no guns, no gun crime. This is very, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it makes it the bit. But you know what people say to this, right? Conservatives go, "Well, what are you going to do? Outlaw knives?" It's like, okay, uh, well, uh, yeah. uh, this is uh, such a reductive argument. I feel like I don't even have to address it. But, but okay. No, we're not outlawing knives. That's not the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. And also, being stabbed with a knife doesn't guarantee you're going to be killed. Oh, well, good. being shot doesn't guarantee you're going to be killed. It's like, no, but it increases the chances substantially. Yeah, you like, let's, yeah. let's play a game. Name one mass knifing. It, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, look, you could, you could do knifing. You could do uh, knifing. You could, and the, you could do it bad, but... But the number of people you will kill before you're probably stopped is substantially... And yeah. I'm, I don't have zero fact totems to back this up, but it's substantially less than substantially if you had less. a gun with five bullets in it. Let's even imagine you're in Canada and the legal amount you can carry in your shotgun um, when you're sports shooting is five. So that's just for all you kids out there who are wondering about that. If you can carry five rounds, one in the magazine and four in your, or sorry, one in the, uh, you know, in the barrel chamber. of each chamber yeah. and four in the magazine. So, so you got five. You Okay, you can kill five people immediately with a gun. With a knife, Killing five people before you're stopped. Look, I, I, I'm not issuing a challenge here. I just think that's going to be. That really is not difficult. a challenge. That this is, is a measurement. A challenge. This is an analysis. Yeah, so just, this is definitely yes. an analogy. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be pretty difficult to kill five people with a knife. So yeah. I, I just think it's not a fair comparison. And, and if I, Netflix I would have us believe anything, those people are usually, they they stay in the gallows. They are serial killers. They do it under the under the fog Correct. of night. Yes. Correct. Yeah. 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 It, if Netflix would have us believe anything, also that selling real estate in California is like just super easy. It's apparently yeah. super easy. It's like All you need do to it. do is have no talent. And um, implants, silicone implants. M- minimal <laughs> understanding of, of real estate. And, that, and sorry, and let's be clear, Alex, that's silicone implants on men, women, and non-binaries alike oh, yeah. because – there's a lot of silicone going on. There's there's calf implants, butt implant. Yes. I, when I said silicone, I did, I wasn't talking breast. I'm talking everywhere. Chin, yeah. chin. You need the chin. cleft chin. Yeah, man, cleft chin is where it's at. Yeah. I can get me some clefting or something. People are getting the their plural, feet plural done. Yeah. People are getting ear lifts. 
<laughs> you know, they're getting they're getting shoulder blades shaved off to bony a back. You know, it's all kinds of weird Cinderella <laughs> so from the actual story yeah. kind of bullshit. Yeah, we watch it botch sometimes, and it's people go oh. way too far, way too far, man. It's it's yeah. Anyway, okay, so uh, we're yeah, let's we're, dive we're, in. <laughs> yeah, got a few topics to cover today. Post gun, um, we, so we got, we're uh, gonna. I know we we're gonna try and talk about. We want to do some steel manning, bad decisions by the liberal government. Gonna try. Gonna I just, try. Okay, I ha- I have a topic I need to introduce you bef- before that. We may not get to it. Maybe we should do it next episode. But um, Aldo, did you meet Aldo, Crystal's uncle? Are we calling him out? If we're calling him out, let's call him out. Look, yes, I'm gonna can. I'm gonna name on the podcast because one, the man is a a literal genius. I, I think he's you know. Uh, he's probably laughing as he's listening to this. If he's he actually incredibly bright and just like no, both, both technically and just socially, just the no, guy he's, he, commands he's, a room. He does, he has just an incredible brain. He's he's he'll text me things and go, "Hey, have you ever thought of this?" And I'm like, "Man, I didn't." But this thing now, I can. That's all I can think about. Um, he actually, uh, I'm going to totally butcher this. He helped, or he worked at IBM for a lot of years. He was like a senior VP at. Uh, I, I think, or VP, or he was high up in IBM for a lot of years. And then he co-founded a company where they invented the technology for, you know, the swing technology when you golf in a simulator. Yeah. That's like, he sold that. He had a company that he sold that, that was like involved in that proprietary technology. So you're welcome not, golf pros, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and he, if you ask him, this is so strange. He's he has this mind that's crazy. If you're like, who played on the 1996 Montreal Canadiens? You know, what was their team roster? What were the you know who's the five guys off the bench? He'd probably be able to tell you. He's that into sports that he he's just like one of those minds where he just just remembers all of that and he can tell you. I sometimes he can say, oh, in that in that year they were shoot this this one guy on the like again I can't even name one, but he's if he, he would say. Uh, Felix Potvin's save percent. That's not, he wasn't on the Canadians. Adam Craig on that. No, Who, who's I, the goal? Patrick Wall. Oh, he would say, oh, uh, Pat, you, oh, yeah, sorry, you were, you were in diapers. Never mind. I was like, too. <laughs> <laughs> he would say, like, oh, Patrick Wall, yeah, his save percentage that year was like this and this and this. And it's that, and that makes him one of the all time greatest goalies. Like, he's one of those guys who can do that. I'm obviously making up all these statistics to make a point. But anyway, so, so Aldo texts me and he says, think about this. And then I actually end up chatting with him at Easter over it. Now I'm going to give it to you in a way that I like, I'm going to try and do it justice. The point he made, because I think it's really interesting. Okay. All right. Hillary gets beaten by Donald Trump in the 2018, 20, 2016. What the hell was it? 2018, 2016, 20, 2016 election. Okay. 2016 election. election. All of the ways in which Hillary lost and who she was are almost carbon copy of how Kathleen Wynne loses to Doug Ford in Ontario's election. And then we, I was like, really? Okay, tell me about, tell me more about this idea. And he was like, okay, well, think about it. Um, you had Kathleen Wynne, woman, you know, Hillary, woman, both ostensibly not great orders, right? Very technical, smart individuals in their own right, but not well understood by the public, right? And in some ways maligned. Kathleen went a lesbian, you know, maybe Ontarians aren't ready. For, you don't, don't like that or whatever the case is. Uh, you have um, Hillary Clinton can't get out of the shadow of her, her husband's supposed infidelity. So it's like a lot of these women have these, they, they have these, 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 whatever the public sentiment is, foisted upon them, which they don't actually earn. 
they both have very substantive policies in terms of um, social reforms, economic reforms. Uh, In some ways, they're both plagued by scandal, right? Kathleen Wynne takes over the Liberal Party of Ontario, but she's plagued with the scandals of the past of uh, Dalton McGuinty and whomever. She's handed this bag of dicks, if you will. And um, and then you have Hillary Clinton, again, plagued by some of the BS that goes on on, on the left, uh, culture war stuff, her husband, his presidency. Hengbazi, ben, Benghazi, Lenjazi, whatever <laughs> yeah. the Aussie was. Right? Yes. yes. That, the Benghazi thing's great. She was secretary of state. And then they just literally, they lambaste her with all these things that are like not real. They're both beaten by populists. Donald Trump. I don't know. They're almost the original populist, right? Um, she loses to outright fabrications by his campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, he's this white old male, right? Like, and then Doug Ford, white old male, dynasty family in politics, Trump's dynasty family of 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 whatever uh, real estate, right? Markets his name, TV slumlord. star, yes, so yeah, slumlord, uh, the Fords. You know, ostensibly his his brother there. Uh, what's his what was his name? Rob Fam- Ford. Family it's of drug fam- dealers and politicians. Fam- exactly. Famous for what? Being a crackhead. Like it's like the parallels are so they they run so deep, and they're they lose so close together. Uh, and you know, I, I know Laura was saying like, well, okay, Ontario was going to have a change election. It's like I don't know about that. I, maybe I, I agree with her to some extent, but why did we slide? Why did we descent into this? just hellhole that was Doug Ford politics and Donald Trump. It's like the populist movement really capitalized on these two women. And I don't know. And that that's not to say anything negative about women and running in politics. It's just like, that was the time. This was the descent of, we were leaving the substantive policy era years and moving into populism and culture wars. And I think that they were just the, it's so interesting that both of them lost elections, big elections, for them in their own right um, on basically culture wars. And he was, he was like, look at these parallels. They're so close. And I'm like, man, you're blowing my mind. So I, think I, I have an opportunity to test your theory because what we, what yeah, we no, now no. have, well, what we, it's not even so, mine, but I just right. thought the idea was crazy. Yeah. Aldo, if you're listening and I'm not talking about the shoes, I'm talking about the man. <laughs> it, you have, we have an opportunity now to test this theory because what we have is you're right. Kind of like preceding male scandal, female, female leadership. Um, one is an incumbent. One is a, is a, a veteran legislator or at least veteran politician, yes. yep. both ma- matched up against weird blonde haired populace with awkwardly tan skin and, and obesity. scandals of their own, but like, and it's scandals like men's scandals. Yeah. They don't count when they're men's scandals. So, right. So or whatever, here's yeah. what, here's where we can actually, so what we don't have right now is <clears throat> we don't have the, the, cause what we have now is we have, uh, let's look at, let's look at the simple patterns here. Let's look for patterns. We have male, female, male. So we have yep. the preceding, preceding male scandalous emerging female trying to, you know, uh, uh or rather emerging female really trying to become, become the leader of one is a country, the others of the of the the province. The other one was an incumbent leader. The other one, uh, the one down, you know, in the United States, um, uh, Clinton was not. She was just a, a veteran politician. She was not a, an incumbent leader. So there's still yeah. variations. But what we don't have is any like, oh, we'll blame the last one 
for this one. And then, no, yeah. it's like, oh, we'll blame this one for and then the next one, the populist will be able to rise. What we don't have is like two consecutive females to really round this out, round this argument out for like a further comparison. What we also have, though, is an opportunity to test the theory with the the elections in France with a female populist and yes. a, a male dirty Russian loving centrist centrist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, sure. who yeah. has the hots for his teacher who can, yeah. uh, you know, Macron. Um, and I th- actually, I might be, yeah, I think maybe well, I talked about the Alta with this as well, but the Macron and it's and Le Pen. Right. But I think we were more talking about how France has a, they have uh, they don't have first pass past the post. They have proportional representation. So he's, so Le Pen is in a runoff with Macron right now because when the votes were tallied, the two of them got the most votes. Now they're running against each other to see who gets the the more rest, of the liberal, the more of the, the, the rest of us. Yes. yes, which is like that's that's what we were talking about last week with Laura about how that could be a good system here, yeah. right? So anyway, um, but we we did talk. So this is interesting. You're bringing this up as well, like the yeah. Le Pen, yeah. So so it's for people who don't know who Le Pen and Macron are, just let let's just maybe do that too. Macron is the incumbent. President of is France? it is it President? Emmanuel is Emmanuel Emmanuel Macron, Emmanuel yeah. Macron he is the incumbent he's been running incumbent? France for the last four years four, I'm years? Pretty sure. four and a half yeah. um four, yeah. and uh, Le Pen who ran against is him it, last time Marine, Marine Le Pen Le, Marine Le Pen Marie Le Pen yeah Marie Le Pen yeah, uh, a populist daughter of her father who was a populist turned really disgraced racist and yeah. then uh, she she got into politics with populist agenda. Um, weirdly enough on a populist agenda during, I believe an era of like economic boom in France because of Algeria. That's kind of a weird thing that no one likes to mention that Algerians are French. French. Yeah. 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 So, so it's like, Oh, populism, but also remember your colonizer. Um, so that aside, you put that on (laughs) on the shelf for how her populism works. Uh, and then ultimately now she's running against, um, uh, Macron again as the as the populist. Okay, so you're saying this is the reverse what happened in France because Macron won and he's not the populist at the same time that Trump and Ford were winning here in in the West. Yeah, so, so po- it would yeah, okay. it would be the reverse reverse experiment but then but now we can test the theory again of when the populist what what does the what does the populist uh, do to defeat Okay, effectively the non-populist if, and it's yeah, just totally like can. anything left of populism yeah. um and, and <clears throat> now we have well what are the what are the look what are the look-alike variables from a provincial election in ontario a federal election in the united states and a federal election in france there's probably less there than we think but there's likely cultural sentiment there that is you know hot iron that could be that could be struck and maybe that's that's all it is because people are dumber than they think that <laughs> they're dumber people, than they think or they're dumber but, than we think or no, no, no. Pe- people yeah. are dumber than they think. I am a lot dumber than I think I am. I am my susceptibility and gullibility is way higher than I expect it is on a daily Fair. basis. Fair. And that that realization alone is not even it's not even really a comfort, nor is it even like um a good uh, a good spur of critical thought when I'm in a gullible or or you know compromising situation. But what is it about populism 
that is converting the masses is is mm-hmm. really the real question here. So I think we, maybe we should be looking for the playbook here. Is I'm sure that Le Pen is going to employ what I consider to be a playbook, a culture a culture war playbook. And this is going to bleed into another topic we're going to talk about, I hope. But um, I sent you a video that I'd seen. Uh, I'm just going to look at it here. It's riveting. It was a conservative MP from Alberta, I believe. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to say her name because I don't care. I think she's from uh, Lethbridge, which speaks Lethbridge, volumes. Yeah, from Al- Lethbridge, Alberta, and yeah. she was trying to liken. Justin Trudeau to a dictator yes. in the House of Commons, right? So she's saying the tag words. And I think that this is really important. When you see a video or you hear someone speaking or, or, or penning an article and they use tag words, they use words that are meant to incite this populist or, or culture war fear. They're things like dictator, socialism, uh, Kafka-esque. Um, that's a good one. What's another good one? Uh, Marxist. Uh, the, even the term CRT. If the you Red see Scare. C- commies. Yeah. If you see CRT in literally anything you read, you can be... I, I can, My intuition about who's writing the article is 99.9% of the time going to be correct. Right? Unless you just handed me a book by Ibram X. Kendi, I'm not... My intuition is always going to be, okay, what type of culture war bullshit are you handing me that's like that and that's not to say that i'm not able to to devote to, to separate out fact from the fiction right or i'm totally able to do that but but th- this is what i did i plug crt into a search i'm not going to name these search that's uh, it's not duck duck go i wish i know you wish it would be but i plug crt in what do you think the first five to ten articles that come up are CRTs ruin our schools. That's exactly it, right? It's it's the only people talking about it are culture war advocates. People like Charlie Kirk. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Charlie Kirk, but some maybe our listeners are listening to this guy. I don't think I, mean, I think I don't think he's good for you. Michael Knowles, Ben Shapiro, Justin uh, Jordan Peterson, Rex Murphy. For all of you Canadian. Canadian uh, uh, readers out there. I think he writes for the, is it the national? He's just so hyper conservative. So these people are, they're poisoning the well of, of what CRT is in a way that it's like, it's like setting up all the guns on the border of the Ukraine and pretending like we're not going to war. It's like, you, uh, did you just mute yourself? Cause you just said something and I didn't, what would you do? <laughs> what'd you do while adam furiously looks for why his audio's not working <laughs> no okay children we're gonna take a short break and figure out why adam's uh audio's not working give us one second yeah yeah and Stop we're we back we're... <laughs> we'll get we'll get that in post <laughs> this is post yeah uh what was that, what point was it making? yeah this is like setting up your guns and and not firing them yet right it's like we're not setting up our guns like man i totally see you setting up your guns on the border no 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 those aren't guns don't it's, look at these it's a military you know, it's like, exercise it's, it's, military it's right it's a military exercise i know i'm making a, little, a ukraine joke here but it's like these tag words whenever i see them Nine times out of ten, there are, it's a culture war type thing. What's your? Have you seen? Am I am I reading too much into this conservative, you know, MP from Lethbridge trying to 
called Justin Trudeau a dictator. I think she's either, I, maybe she should look up the dictionary de- definition of a dictator and then maybe well, do a search on it to see. Well, actually, this is know. actually, this may be the, this may be the best part about analyzing political strategy because if she's using dictator in a, like a very flowery sense, like, oh, you know, Mr. Prime Minister, she said, I think she said Justin or she said Mr. Trudeau and then she apologized and she said, I mean, Mr. Prime Minister. So she's clearly mm-hmm. trying to break decorum, okay, which yes. is which yeah. huge in the House of Commons. You have to follow decorum. People, she's like, oh, Mr. Trudeau. And they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. and she's like, I'm sorry, Mr. Prime Minister, you're no, being purpose. a dictator. It's purpose yeah. built. Yeah, she's yeah, cor- purpose, yeah. totally being purpose built. And, and ultimately... Using flowery language to get your point across is, of course, it's the beauty of language. Yeah. But in in this sense, it very much seems like, no, we'll make literal comparisons that people won't waste their time looking up. We'll yep. just say, look, we're fighting for you against the dictator. Because all people, this and this is a really, really grim analysis of any constituency of the last 10 years is all people really want to see is a, that their team is winning and B that things are bad because it's the other team's fault. (laughs) That's all they want to (laughs) see. That is. And what are bad words? Dictator, socialism, communism, carbon tax, gas prices, increasing housing is out of control jobs are weirdly rampant actually there's the way the way yep. more availability yep. for workers than ever there. immigration is terrible people want to pick their subset of bad words if you if you've ever seen a long kind of like partnership contract there's always a it's always a definition of terms right at the top and once you define all those terms then you talk through the contract correct this, yeah 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 this is the stage where we're defining terms these are our good words you know, Trudeau is bad. Some for some reason, everybody wants to have sex with him. Um, yeah, yeah. Convoy, Ferdum, Lerbiter. These are our good words. <laughs> These are the words that we say are good. The words yeah. that are bad: dictator, Trudeau has nice hair, um, carbon tax. These are our bad words, and that's where we all when we're about to get ready to talk through that contract that is the social contract. Correct, Remember yeah. how we defined our terms for our team. Versus that team. It, it, this is sad because w- what I, what, to my eye, people aren't actually viewing, they don't actually know what the, the reality of a situation is. What I see people doing is listening to someone's opinion on it and using that as the basis of their opinion, right? Like it's not firsthand accounting. Well, it's it's I, sort of a broken telephone of messaging based entirely in populism or, or cu- okay. culture war. And now it, the, the message is perverted in a way that can't be undone. But are, are we not all guilty of relying on, if not, what, if not an no, expert, I, I, then a pundit? This is, uh, well, this is okay. where, Maybe. so, so yeah. this is where, and this is where the problem with punditry becoming expertise is, that's yeah, the guy. This is, this is where the rubber that's, has met the road. Yeah, yes. Yeah, totally. So yeah. I go to a doctor for expert advice to make me feel better. Yeah. I don't really have that for politics. 
in actuality, I have I have political analysis on the news cycle, which is either a boring as all hell, or rather the worst parts of hell. It's that boring, and it, mm-hmm. it's not informing my opinion. It's just giving me a very clear view. That's just like this is what happened. Statement of facts, or I go to the opinion pieces that inform my view and tell me why something is good or something is bad based on my perspective. And that- And the the places where you look for those things too matter. Yes. Yeah. That's, but in, in the world of medicine, you go to a doctor. Correct. In the world world of politics, you don't have anywhere to go. You no Democracy is, democracy is still very much relying upon an educated population yeah. Unfortunately, the majority of us do not read the platform. So we do I'll not give you, read the. I'll give you why I, this is concerning to me. Um, a lot. Of, I, I almost guarantee no one's heard of this bill. Um, not like uh, what was the bill that Jordan Peterson originally was really upset about? So I think it was C sixteen. Am I wrong on that? Ooh, I, I Jordan, don't. He, all the hubbub back in twenty sixteen or whatever, where essentially what launched Jordan Peterson into infamy. I think yeah. it was Bill C sixteen. Okay, and it was on the he called it compelled speech bill. It was like you're going to need to use trans pronouns or you're going to jail. It's like that. Look, look, the bill passed, and guess what? No one's in jail. That hyperbole and fear, culture war fear, drummed up by the right, was nothing. It was. It ended up being nothing, right? And that's not to say that something could happen. It's just to say that these these culture war pieces that get drummed up, people have to look at what has historically happened when these. You know why? Why are we focusing so much on this? So, mm. uh, and so I bring up C sixteen because. Sorry, go ahead. Seems no, there's. there's but the interesting thing about C sixteen, and especially in Jordan Peterson's original. Uh, from what I remember, his original piece on it, it was, you're right, the problem with compelled speech and then the immediate response of of his of his the people accusing him of being uh, uh, transphobic or whatever. Was, yeah. was that you you're like, you have to call me by what I tell you, you have to call me. And his immediate argument was, but I cannot do that innately. You have to inform me first. Correct. Yes. Com- and the bill yes. essentially said that if you don't know what to, if you misgender someone or or dead name them or whatever the case is, you have created hate speech. Now, now I agree that's not a thing because there's no intent there. So yeah. I, I'm with Jordan Peterson, the idea that that shouldn't be legislated into law. I, but uh, again, the 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 amount of drama created over it on both the left and the right mm-hmm. literally yielded nothing in the sense in the literal sense of nothing. I don't mean the way the kids use the word literally. I mean nothing. There's nothing tangible to point to where anyone has been held to this hate speech law, where their people are going are dropping like flies. They're going to jail over over hate speech. It's just there's it's not something. Been a thing. Something came out of it. Jordan Peterson made it his entire career. Well, that's that's, that's, that's <laughs> true. It's absolutely true. Actually, yes. that yeah, his you're entire right. you're career right. is really it. That's it. if you had a hero origin story for like Elastic Band Man, that yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, what do He's you do? Yeah. I'm Elastic Band Man. I yeah, control yeah, yeah. Elastic Bands. They're like, cool. What else? He's just like, oh no, just just Elastic Bands. That's that's <laughs> yeah. what I do. <laughs> what about like? Uh, you like, know those like you're super yeah. no 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 that's not it no 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 you're super it. malleable or something yeah, nope no, no, no just elastic pants so Jordan Peterson's entire career so this brings me to Bill sixty seven a lot of you are gonna go 
uh, why does this even matter? What why are you even mentioning Bill sixty seven? So Bill sixty seven is a piece of legislation that has been introduced and has overwhelming support by the entire Senate, which uh, obviously Jordan Peterson has a problem with, but everyone is supported. I think there's been one dissent dissenting senator in the Senate, uh, or this is and this has gone to we we maybe you're going to better be better explaining this. We have readings on bills that that laws come. You know, a, a member sponsors a bill, comes to the floor and says, we should make this legislation. Here's the bill. And they go, well, we're going to have to read it a couple of times. And it's it's now going to third reading, which correct me if I'm wrong. That's like the last step before it becomes a law, I think. I don't think you can have a fourth reading. No, I think it actually no. ends at a third. Yeah. I so, sorry, my, okay, my grade 10 <laughs> civics is a little, <laughs> little mine, raw. should have probably looked this up. But again, I'm thinking in real time here without the use of a, uh, we don't have a Jamie on this podcast. So we're, we're just going to go with what we think we know. So anyway, it's, it's made it past a number of legislative bodies people have read it and now the bill the bill c67 essentially states that all public institutions educational institutions have to have some number of parameters or standard operating guidelines or policies that address racism right and and the bill explicitly you know this is so funny that the we talked about the tdsb Toronto District School School Board Nazi salutes. What I guess what two months ago now, Just and about. here in the bill, it explicitly says expressions of anti-Jewish, you know, uh, sentiments or whatever. So it isn't an anti-racist bill in the sense that it's only for a singular race or or no. color of people. This is this is here's a framework for a for a public institution to deal with a- anything that would be considered hateful to anybody right okay so my intuition is many schools already have this many of them already have standard operating guidelines for the ones that don't this just says look you're you're just mandated to have that now there's a number i'm I'm obviously glazing over some of the important stuff because i want to get to the why it's important to think about this or why i'm interested in it or why i think other people should be interested in it um it's it's got some stuff that is that on its face may feel like it is excluding whites as the way I'm, I'm interpreting the way the, the right is really upset about this. Now, I don't, I don't see that I've read, I physically read the bill and let me tell you, it was, it was boring. It was very dry. (laughs) Right. And it's written by lawyers. So invariably there's some of it. I just can't even wrap my mind around. I had to read several times. And even then I'm like, you know what? I'm not even sure what this is saying. So my idiocy notwithstanding for reading actual legislation, there wasn't anything I found in there that I'm like leaping out of my seat. This is going to take away my freedoms. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not mad about it. Essentially. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Establish guidelines. You know, um, no, I, I ran into somebody this week who said, I would, uh, this has to be stopped. It is the worst piece of legislation. And this is CRT come to Canada, right? And I was like, why Why would somebody say that? Why would somebody say it's CRT come to Canada? You should just Google search Bill C-67 who's talking about this. Oh my God. Because it's not liberals. It's not, the liber- it's not the media. It's not even reasonable people. It is only who you think. The top 10 search results, if you search C-67 and put in the word CRT, you're going to get guys like Jordan Peterson and Rex Murphy talking about this. It's only culture war. 
it only culture war. That's that's you are going to get a steady diet of culture war. And the even the opinion columns on this are only the opinion of right wing people. You are there is no opinions on on the left here. And Looks you know what they're like- all saying? CRT. CRT, CRT, CRT. It's like, so, which hey, looks like we found our bad words. Exactly. Is, yeah. Yeah. We found so our this bad is, words. this is American populism and culture war yeah. come to Canada. And I've been saying this on this podcast for weeks now, or maybe even months. I'm like, we, we should look at the States that we are, that it's going to happen here. Doug yep. Ford was the first idea that like a populist leader, leader can, can win and the culture wars are coming and we need to be ready for this. And this is why I kind of was pressing Laura about like, why do you think you can win in a system that's so rigged against you? Right? Like what? And, and I loved her answers and I, and she's, I, I love her, but this is what I'm talking about. This is the kind of stuff that kind of keeps me up a little bit at night where it's like, we don't, we're not even going to have a policy debate. We're going to, we're going to make Steven Del Duca look like he's trying to take your guns and that your kill, your children are going to be indoctrinated with the idea that they're all racists. Like, what are you talking about? It, this is it, man. We're here. I'm, and I am I think you're going to see this rear its ugly head a bit more. So before I call you Chicken Little. Yeah. Um, this is actually, can we just, can we, a single moment of pause for sure. the, like the, honestly, like the leaps and bounds ahead that the American right is of branding an issue because Bill C 67 is boring as shit, but saying, but saying it's CRT North. Oh, that just hits that hits hard. Peep. I think the Tucker Carlson talked about this on Fox. Tuck. Old Tuck did after the the ball bleaching he had. This has made it, this has made it to mainstream conservative media. I'm pretty sure. And that's how I know it has met the threshold. Or outrage, right? Um, again, I'm I'm actually open to the idea that the bill isn't good for us. I I want someone to steel man it to me. I'm actually having trouble finding a way to to figure out how it's bad. I, I was trying to do this the other day. I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to make an honest attempt to make this bill bad for me. And I truly, truly tried to search for what could be considered something like. Uh, an indoctrinating CRT sort of evol- like or, or, or trope here. I, I couldn't do it. I mm-hmm. I, I could not. Uh, and, and maybe that's to say that I'm just not capable of that. And it might be very true, but I couldn't get there. But I know that when I see the only people talking about it, it's a trigger word for people who are conservative that and that it's made it to mainstream news in, in, in the US. When I hear that, um, you know, uh, who's talking about it? I'm trying to think of when when Jordan Peterson is having it, his podcast all about this bill, I think he did a podcast called Kill Bill C sixty seven, which good good for him. I you know it's a great that's a great title, but it's a great title. Um, he brings a bunch of people on, and all they do is trounce this bill. There is no balance. There is no one of, of any standing to say, "Well, hold on, let me challenge you on that point you're making." So even an academic like Jordan Peterson is here, just doing exactly what he doesn't like the he's participating in the culture wars in a way that's like undoable for some of his fans or his listeners they adopt these opinions and they spew them like they are the truth and, and this is why i'm concerned about this bill uh, well uh, actually this to, or, or, to or not, the talk around the bill sorry to hearken but hark hark hearken on three points this is again 
We do not have a doctor for political opinion. We have punditry. Yep. We have yep. our pundit for the person we seek for expertise on things we should feel bad or good about. Canadians guilty of it just as our, our American counterparts. But what we really have too is another recognition of give no ground because just quick, Bill C-67 yeah. is an Ontario bill. The yep. education in Canada falls under the jur- jurisdiction of the provinces. So what yep. you have is... Again, a mandate to give no ground because if if Ontario can legislate this, then every other province can. Maybe not. Oh, back that's to the there. that's the yeah. fear tactic there. That's yeah, the fear yeah. tactic, right? It's yeah. like, oh, it's coming for your kids. Get ready, yeah. Alberta. Get ready for Manitoba. So, which, again, to to if if the so and this is you're right. We need a we need a solid steel man, and maybe that's the maybe yeah. that's the goal of the next episode because yeah, a solid maybe, steel yeah. man yeah. would be does the bill do material harm to students in how they learn about the history of the country they grew up in? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, why? If the answer is no, explain. Yeah. What my guess is that yes, it's the, the if the answer is yes, my, my guess is that people are saying yes, because they think it's saying that white people are racist. Why? Well, no, the, no, no, that's uh, that's not even the crux it's, of their disagreement. Not, it's it's that not. It's, it's telling. It's telling white. This is why. I'll just. Get, I'm going to break it down for every listener. Please. This is why r- r- the people on the right hate what they think CRT is. Okay, CRT is critical race theory. The, the reason people Republicans, especially or conservatives, hate the word or the phrase CRT or the acronym is because they think that it's teaching white kids to feel guilty about their inherent racism. Like if you're white, you're just a racist because the, the, the idea of CRT is that there's only two people. There are people who are uh, anti-racists or racists. And which one are you? Well, most of you are all racists because you're, because white people just don't know how to be anything else. So it's like they have this perversion of what they think CRT is. They've been fed this steady diet over and over and over and over. If you turn on Laura Ingram on Fox or or, oh. or, um, or Tucker Carlson, I know I, I'm, I'm saying their names, but it's like, this is important. If you turn on, they are culture war 100% of the time. And it's all about CRT. They're even talking about CRT where it is not. It's like, you know, Florida's passing bills about, anti-CRT bills, it doesn't even exist. It's critical race theory is taught in like universities in very narrow, like in classrooms that are like one in the whole entire university, but they're making it a cultural Seminars. Issue. We're talking it's, about it's, seminars. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy the way they see it everywhere. And again, I I, I I think this bleeds into the don't say gay bill. I don't know. You heard about this in uh, oh yeah, this is... in Florida, right? Yeah. So if, you, if no one's heard about this, this is essentially the Florida governor made it, has helped pass a law that says that I think it's JK through grades three. I could be correct. I think, that. It, I think it ends. Like, I think it ends on a grade three though. No. Yeah. I think yeah. Right. So it's JK to grade three. You're not allowed to talk about being gay. So a lot of teachers who are gay are asking like, okay, uh, or no, a lot of teachers are saying, okay, so we're in a search. We're, we're talking about what did we did on the weekend? And a kid says, well, my two dads took me to Disney to Disneyland. Cause I live in Florida. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, Oh, my two dads took me. And the teacher's supposed to say, uh, hold on, you can't talk about your two dads in this class. Like, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to tell kids they should be ashamed of having two parents who are. Or even the, the, yeah, from from the student's perspective or the teacher's perspective, because the teacher, if the teacher is, you know, uh, homosexual, then they have to be like, what'd you do over the weekend? 
I went outside. Right? So you, it's a set, on the teacher's behalf, I, I feel less I, look, I feel bad for them, but I feel less bad. But on the on the, for a kid who might have two gay parents, like, what you're going to tell these kids they're they're bad? Like, do, do you know what I mean? This is like this is insanity. And I know that that type of culture war shit. That's the bleed in here. This is it's bringing CRT here. This is the I'm I, I'm telling you the cult. Like I called the fifth wave of COVID. Let me just say that too. A couple episodes I said. We're into the sixth wave, folks. That's the way it is. If you don't like it, like, that's too bad. COVID doesn't care about your feelings. I hate to use a Ben Shapiro line there, but it's like, no, then we're in the sixth wave, and now we're trying to come out of it right now. We're on our way out. So, uh, you know, I'm telling you, this culture where shit's coming here, well, everybody's got to... And people have to be smart about what they hear and li- and read. Like, they well, can't... May- well, maybe you know. it's not... Maybe it's not... Hold on. Because mm-hmm. telling people to be smart is always tougher. So I would say... I, oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't yeah. have said that. No, no, no. no have to be no, more I, skeptical. More skeptical. Not even more yeah. skeptical. It's like, let's let's use the exact same tactics, only in the reverse. Let's start picking our bad words. Because if this is a simple tactic, yeah. we keep saying... Because populism, populism has the incredible effect of being simple and admonishing. So remember who your enemies are. The Visigoths mm-hmm. are at the gate. That's what populism does. <laughs> That's what they do every time. Then they say the gate, it's your front door. It's the border. It's the grocery store. It's the gas tank. It's your toilet. It's your gun cabinet. They put gates and they say the Visigoths are at all of those gates. (laughs) So to use use the exact same tactic, what we really need to to start espousing is, hey, the salespeople are trying to sell you fucking vacuums you don't need. Excuse my language. Vacuums you don't need. Remember to slam the goddamn door. Sure. There is there is a political salesperson at your door on your Spotify, on the TV, sending you newsletters to your mailbox. It's a political salesperson. And people hate door-to-door salespeople. And they're at every single one of your doors. So I tell you what. Take their information, much like you would a Jehovah's Witness, much like you would a vacuum or knife salesman, and remember to tell them to go to hell and yeah. read up on them after the fact. Slam the door, go on Google, search just Wikipedia, not your own. <laughs> don't do your own research. Search yeah, yeah. just Wikipedia and be like, what is this nonsense all about? Because your bad word is someone telling you how to think or someone selling you something. Everybody knows what it's like to feel like to get sold. And I promise you, yep. politics is sales plus emotion, meaning it's just sales these days. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just like and and, this, and it's and it's so crass because politics used to be, you know, societal engineering and, you know, cultural yeah. evolution. Not anymore. Yeah. No, we yeah. are very much talking about the common denominator of getting people to a poll. While while demo, while democratic processes and institutions still exist, they still need to convince enough people to go put an X in a box somewhere. So Correct. remember, yeah, yeah, because we all hate it when the Mormons come and knock in. No offense to the Mormons, your religion <laughs> is just in, inherently racist and terrible. But you hate like when they knock on your door, you either want to invite them in so you can tell them to go to hell. Like not their hell, like your hell, your envision, your or Earth too at least, because because heaven yeah. is full, and, yeah, or, or heaven too, yeah, yeah, because yeah, just some place w- with them the, with the Mayanites or something. The people that you yeah. said were burnt and then ultimately became people of color. You know the really racist stuff that Mormons <laughs> used to say. That's their version of hell. So yeah. just 
that's that's how you should feel about about honestly all political opinion until you go and read the ruthlessly boring the the sometimes uh, like absurdly convoluted legis- pieces of legislation that are actually coming through your door because it's amazing you can actually see bill 67 as an update to the the education act and you can see where the amendments are being made to the education act and the wording is not we are going to force you to learn about x or do y it really yes. is just no it is we're we're taking an anti-racism stance meaning that the representation of racism in this country is historically not that good and canada does have historically many racist incidents that it does not like to talk about so we're going to put some legislation forward to make sure that that gets talked about that's it that's all it is go read it's, the bill uh, it's funny i'm just i'm i'm like i just want to read a piece of the bill to tell you to just see how actually oh, dry distill it is oh distill this distill yeah. this into the dryness so this is like i i have the actual bill it's on elaws which um I, a, I don't know if this is a site for everybody but it's a canadian site where you can actually view the real bill you can see the original pdf of the bill so i'm looking at it right now and it has an explanatory note so it says a number of amendments are made to the education act and then it tells you new subsection 101 Point one, par, uh, you know, uh, parenthesis three of the act is amended to require the minister. So there's a minister of education yep. to direct a board to develop its anti-racism accountability report. If in the opinion of the minister, there is indication that they need one. So it's just like, okay, that doesn't really tell us to do anything in, in some ways, man, I, this is, I, this is my try to steal man. The other side, I found it to be like, let's change NFL team names. That's the way this bill reads to me, right? Like how many, I've made this joke before. It's not, it's not funny though. How many NFL team names does it take to change or how many do we need to change in order to build, to get an indigenous person clean water? The answer should be very obvious, right? That is not to say that if you think NFL team names need to be changed, fill your boots, but that isn't directly impacting clean water on reservations in this country people are going to be, are having to boil their water mm-hmm. but you change the buccaneers to, or what i don't even know what was changed I, I, can, I can't even give you give you a the washington redskins washington changed redskins. Their name to yeah whatever they change it to okay cool that lit that now that symbolically it does something but it doesn't actually do anything in the physical in physical reality they are still for, not drinking clean they're still water. boiling water so i to me it's like None of that doesn't matter until we get the boil water problem solved. Then we can focus. It might be it's a ladder, and it might be the the lowest rung for me. Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not important. I'm just saying it's the lowest rung. This bill feels like very low hanging fruit. It's like yeah, we're just going to direct them to like maybe do policies if they need to, and if they feel there's a need, yeah, get one done. And if you have an incident, okay, we'll just develop a framework to deal with those incidents. That's majority of the bill. And yeah. it is not critical race theory, uh, in my opinion. Uh, it do, it just does not seem to have any of those earmarks. No, no, because so. critical race theory presumes a, a curriculum. Um, exactly. This is, this is a. I think we, we need have a, com- a. I think we need a committee. <laughs> right? Oh my god! We're, oh, this is it's such a waste of time and money, is what it seems like. But anyway, government spending, wasting time and money. I mean, that seems to go hand in hand. This is also, I think, comes at a time where I looked this up yesterday. There are 240 active b- 
bills in, you guessed it, Republican legislatures in the states that are against the participation of trans athletes in sport. That's what Republican legislators are doing. In, They're like making in sport it, in general? At all. If you identify, like, so, um, you know, if you are transitioning or you identify as a, a trans male or female, you're excluded from sport in their, in whatever, at whatever school you go to, because you have an unfair advantage is what the bill, Alex, bills are you know, saying. The, you know what they, they're just there. It's that the good old case of separate, but equal, we promise. So they'll get their own drinking it, fountains. I'm, they'll get their own washrooms. Yeah. Like really. This is what people are spending their time on. Yeah. That, so it, okay. So do you want to know what the incidents in Tennessee was of trans athletes competing in sport in public schools, I want to take say a wild guess. One in one hundred thousand. No, it was one total. One. <laughs> there is one at one, but the entirety of the state needs bills in every legislature and every small municipality to deal with this pervasive pro- culture war problem that's coming for you. One athlete in the whole of Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee has more people in it living in it than all of Canada. Yet somehow. They need this. It's like this. I'm telling you, this is coming to Ontario. Visigoths are at the Visigoths. No, it turns out it's only one Visigoth. Only one Visigoth. Look, they're very scary. Can we? Can we just a moment? And they don't know exactly which gender they are. It's like they're very scary. Yeah. Moment of respect. Moment of respect. Quick shout out to that one trans kid that is moving mountains of legislation in the right. wrong way. Yeah. In the this wrong is, way. Yeah. This is very braggable. It's yeah. like, like, you know that law? Yeah, they made it yeah. because of me. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that kid is the Helen of Troy of legislation in Tennessee so, right now. Do you, do you know how many white legislators I pissed off? All of them. Yeah. This, <laughs> All of them. Yeah. This is the sexuality and gender identity that sailed a thousand legislations is what it did. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you imagine? This so is, badass. Uh, so, so like so let's so you know what? Forget all the kids that are starving in school. Forget those kids. Forget the kids that are being left behind due to poverty, due to, you know, whatever their family situations are. This is what Christians, conservative Christians, are really concerned about. They're not actually concerned about uh, kids who are literally starving in, in school, who are uh, failing to make the grade because of their, their terrible living conditions. They're not worried about child abuse. They're only worried about the single trans athlete that, uh, and I think to Tennessee has something like, 30 of these bills on legislative tables and in the whole of the United States, there's 240 bills active like this. This is what they're spending their time doing culture wars because honestly, Adam, it sells, man. People want this. People are into this. They don't, they, they don't take away their medical, their Medicare. They yes. don't care about the substantive Here, issues. They care about the culture wars. So this is actually, you've, you've raised a really good point. So this is why it's coming. It's coming to Ontario. Correct. Well, election. it's coming to Canada. It's coming yeah. to Canada. It's, it's in Canada and coming to Canada in a big way. But what you're saying is actually, I don't think this is what they want, but you're right. This is what sells. That It's it's exactly this, what sells. Because again, this is... This outrage. Is outrage. outrage. Sells, it's yeah. a strong emotion. It is despair. It is desperation. It is fear. Remember, you're going to lose if you don't stand up to this. Correct. When really, yeah. I, w- I would say, Alex, the words 
you know, reductions in annual healthcare spending that affect the average Canadian. That's a very long-winded statement that is <laughs> yeah. honest and factual. Yeah. But you're going to lose your kid's ability to go play sports fairly? Well, ah, oh, yeah. How I must fight against this. I don't want my kids back in my day we just played sports. Like, yeah. This is great because that So uh, I, I'm good. this is this is a good bleed in because so again, Aldo, the master of many things, he said, you know, I said, what's the solution to this culture problem? Because we invariably the conversation we're having right now was like the exact one I had with him on uh, Easter. And he said, you know, we have to flip the script. And I think that he's he's made a point here, which like sometimes feels really good, but in principle will be difficult for mostly everyone on the left. And I'll give you an example. Uh, conservatives attack abortion rights and they say you're baby killers right this is like that this is what they call us okay cool we have to do the equivalent in some way um instead of instead of presenting all the policies and having them criticize them and knock them down we have to flip the script on them either we need to say something like um you know you so you're you're pro women's death you know or whatever the case is so you so you you're for illegal abortions you're you're pro rape yeah, that's it. So you're pro you're, rape. So, so we have to. Now that ever, doesn't ever, feel good to do, though, right? Like, no. we, you can admit already. Like, I'm I'm not that guy who wants to. Those, those words people. tasted like dog shit. Those yeah, words exactly. tasted almost yeah. like the same kind of dog shit mouth taste, like the word Ted Cruz. You say the words yeah. pro rape, Ted Cruz. We well, we know those those yeah. are two things that are exactly aligned. But <laughs> exactly, yeah. When you say those two things, they're the exact same in your mouth, but they taste like dog shit. Well, so it so it ha- you have to flip the script in a way that's like more like oh. Okay, so what's your policy on X? Oh, so you have no policy. So you're with your so you so and then start inferring the things, right? Yes. Oh, so you're pro murder then. You're for guns. You're for illegal guns. You must be because you don't, you're not for any legislation that would correct some of the gun problems. So you must be for gangs. You're for you're for rape. You're for murder. Oh, cool. You're the party of murder. Like you so. It's like that's what they're doing to us, and you kind of got to flip the script now. Now, again, that doesn't feel good, and it also isn't true. And I think that like saying things that aren't true to me is like, I mean, Laura said this. She's like, that's not that it doesn't feel right, right? The way we win matters, and I and I agree with her. Yeah, but it, I got to be able to win though. So so you know <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah. So yeah. this is actually yeah. this is such a great uh, like so great because because uh, what. In, in Aldo's you know, recommendation, what we have are, you know, the, the tactics of the things we hate most to be yeah. just as effective as the things yes. we hate most. And it's like, do you want, you know, do you want to become actually, honestly, who's going to be the martyr to, to get this done for us so that we can win better? Or to the, yeah. how, how, so that we can win. It, it's almost at, like we need uh, a, better. A, a, a Batman of politics. We need a bat. Yes. He plunge is, his hand into the filth so you can keep yours clean. He's, <laughs> That's Alex, exactly what you he's, need. He's not, he or she is not the politician we, we deserve. The politician we need. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, in a way I'm like, he's making all the sense in the world here. And but, Alex, really what we need that politician to do is fight injustice. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you have 
Bill C-67. I'm doing obviously the other, but I love that skit, man. I love it. It's so good. I still laugh. I could watch it right now. I'd laugh where he's like, what? where were the other drugs going? <laughs> what does he do? He's like, Malkovich? You're doing Malkovich? If I, if I, if I'll make a shot. And then I'll... <laughs> he's like, I, I love that. That college humor skit. College is humor skit. On on Batman. Batman, Batman skits. Yeah. It's called Batman. Batman Loses His Voice. Just go watch it right now. Just stop this podcast and go to YouTube. It's yeah, just press yeah. stop right yeah. now. Continue yeah. watching or, later. But yeah. But pause. Do they even press uh, stop on Spotify? I don't not? know. I don't. I think there's a. Yeah. No, it's pause. You're right. Um, it's pause. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Oh, so you. So did you catch the Simpsons reference I made on the last podcast with with? Uh, um. Uh, did Laura? you say you did? Did you say? Did you say ahoy hoy? I don't know. We had one Simpson. We had two. We had two Simpsons references. I made. See, I always try to sneak one in, and I'm always wondering like if anybody catches it. And I was like, oh, oh, Laura, you're a Green Party member. Are you pocket mulching right now? <laughs> Do you remember when Lisa falls in love with, uh, I think it's like, it's a character that's like actually voiced by Justin Timberlake in the show. And she's like, oh, I, I recycle. And he's like, he's like, I don't use any cardboard full stop. And she's like, oh, I, I have a garden where I mulch. She's like, I'm pocket mulching. And he pulls I'm out of his this guy's the biggest environmental vegan idiot ever. And it's like, yeah. So they were trying to make a trope of Justin Timberlake's character. And it was when like, they were wearing, it's when they wore the cow suits. And they were yes. the cow suits. <laughs> So I, she didn't get, you didn't catch it even. And I was like, I oh man, I wouldn't have been caught. I was like, oh, Laura, oh, you're so, he's such an environmentalist. Are you pocket mulching? And I wasn't chirping her. I was trying to slip a Simpsons reference in there, but yeah, yeah it's fine. I didn't, it didn't land, I don't think, as Alex, well. Maybe Alex, you're so smart. SMRT. <laughs> <laughs> Look, only real fans of the show will get that. Yeah. This is true. This is true. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, okay, so what else were we talking about? I well, I well, did, I did, I, I, in, I, in I some, my, I, I, liberal, my liberal outrage over this. Your liberal outrage after talking yeah. about guns, you crazy bastard. Uh, no, Aldo, thank you for for the the chime in through the airwaves. Um, I asked him to come on the show actually because he's where, so like we, he's such be a great guest. Yeah. I know he's just a brilliant dude, and um, he also has clout, right? He has like he's made it in the in in the tech world a little bit and you know it'd be cool to have a guy like this on the podcast although Actually, you his know, brother his brother where they go low impressive. where they go low we can also go low we can, we can <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Slow. yeah i don't and I, I might be misrepresenting him in some ways here but i think i've done most corrections most we'll, we'll put it to corrections yeah yeah we'll get we'll that fix it in post as we we'll say. fix it in post we'll fix it yeah yeah um I think yeah. what we do, what we also actually we kind of been we talking a lot about this and Alex we've really expressed the full gamut of of free speech and ensuring everyone knows that Ted Cruz is pro rape. So really, I think <laughs> now we can actually talk about the 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 platform of free speech, as it were, and that oh, is yeah. no, yeah, that is of course um, the Musk. The Musk takeover. Oh, I, I thought I was. I thought it was called Truth Central. It's the platform that Trump keeps trying to launch, but he <sighs> is now 130 million dollars in the hole, and all the users are pissed. Sorry, is the 130 is million dollars taken? And yeah, Truth Social, I believe, is what it's called. And um, no, he has not delivered. He can't get his free free speech platform. Well, do you know why? No. Because the the Dominion voting machines probably. <laughs> Alex, you can't. <laughs> I, I think what Mr. What Mr. You know Cheeto Lindell. Bananas is, or or Mr. Lindell does not understand is that you cannot program a computer in crayon. You just can't do it. It doesn't <laughs> they keep, work. They keep trying, 
They went none of the colors work. No, they've tried all the colors. Can't they can't write the software in crayon? It just doesn't work that way. Uh, they should talk to Aldo. He may know something about writing software. Knows that look, no, no one asks his opinion. Yeah, yeah. He would never. Uh, uh, but so, no, Alex. Okay, what, yeah, so what's going on? This, this is let's let's take a whiff, Alex. I smell this a is, I smell a deep big, musk. I see. Well, okay. So I pre- actually presented this uh, issue to with people I know, and it's like, oh, so what do you think of this, right? And of course, the predictable response was from from those on the right was that. Elon Musk is now the vanguard for free speech. Oh, he's is going he? to save he's going to save us all. He's going to return Trump to Twitter. He's going to return all the everyone on the everyone on Twitter who's on the right gets canceled and that's why Twitter's bad and and Elon's going to save us from this and he's going to bring back all of the right-wing people Alex Jones, uh, Trump, whomever else has been disenfranchised by by Twitter, by not allowing them to be up on the largest public platform, should be it should be the largest public platform. This is the other hypocrisy of the right: is that they don't like they don't like free speech. They love free speech, but they don't like it when a private company says it limits theirs. But they love private companies and they love capitalism, but they don't like this one. So it's very confusing to know exactly what's going on here. And if and- a private en- entity like Musk owns Twitter, can't he just kick everyone? Like you know what I mean? Like he's just arbitrary rules now i'm not sure what i mean on there, so. to to address this in abstract abstract isn't it kind of weird that the vanguard for free speech is just another white savior story from a guy from south africa kind of like weirdly apartheid <laughs> but <laughs> i won't unpack that it's i will true. not i will I, not unpack I, that yet like you pointed it out we're gonna move on yeah. from it yeah. we'll move on yeah. it's just i'm gonna put that on the table because you know Ted Cruz is pro rape. So when we yeah. talk about free speech on Twitter, um, what we're actually talking about is, yeah, Twitter is a private corporation that has just amassed enough users to ultimately become an enterprise that is supported predominantly by advertising. So much like every other free social media platform, Twitter is an advertising platform featuring people communicating with one another. No, conservatives don't view it like that. They view it as a social media platform for everyone. Of course. And liberals have hijacked it and they're not allowing any conservatives to speak. It has nothing to do with advertising. No, it has nothing to do with advertisers maybe saying, hey, I'm really uncomfortable with my ads being featured next to the guy who's basically a white supremacist. Yeah. Like, I don't care how popular Ted Cruz is. I'm just pretty sure I don't want my ads near that guy. So. This is, it would never be the advertiser dollar that dictates a corporation to do anything. No, no. it's definitely the the free speech hating, you know, snowflake libs, um, yeah. which ultimately. We're, so we're, we're, we don't know what the case is, but we're making a case for against the idea that that Elon Musk is the vanguard of free speech. We're which, just making a case that that's, yeah, that, that that's probably not the case here. Probably not the case. And also. Now, I, I'll, I'll give you a reason why somebody said it might be. That he is the vanguard. Then, well, you then, know, he's he, well, you know, he's he's taking us. He like he's 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 going to space, Adam. I don't know if you know this. He goes to space, and I, and 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 NASA wastes a lot of public money trying to go to space, and he's doing it for a tenth of the cost. Now uh, that that statement is already problematic on its already, face. Already it problematic be for most because, people, but, because people yeah. don't understand how the supply well, chain well, for spacecraft well, operates. Yeah, yeah. How or just, what NASA does. Yeah, writ large. Yeah, really. Yeah. So, 
I, I don't know if it's an apt comparison here. It's called Elon Distributed Musk. Statewide <laughs> Supply Chain Contracts. In case anybody wants to Google it, it's how NASA has been developing rockets. Yes, it's a little less efficient and more expensive, but it's because it's a publicly funded enterprise. We'll get to that later. Yeah, 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 yeah. But please, it, it's me. like saying, it's like saying, I'm going to go, uh, here's, here's, I need a bunch of stuff, but I got public money. Okay. You have to actually put out RFPs. You have to get Triple the best. Po- yeah, you have to get the. It has to be totally. We have to remove all nepotism. It has to be very above board in the public sphere. Blah blah blah. Elon Musk gets to say, "You know what I want? I want this thing. I'm going to go out and buy it because I have money. I don't have to consult with anybody." Mm-hmm. That's how those are. Okay, that's one way in which NASA is different from from Tesla. Okay, there are a thousand of those things that are happening. Also. NASA just doesn't go to space. That's not, not te- their not, only. Not Tesla. Space. Space Q. Space Y. Space. Or whatever. Space. SpaceX. SpaceX. That's what. Space, that's it. So that if again, NASA's goal isn't to make worldwide travel almost immediate. That, that that's not NASA's goal. NASA's goal. They have far and away different goals. So yeah, I I just like I don't I feel like I don't even have to belabor this point. NASA's different from SpaceX. Have they both been to space? Okay, sure. Do they yes. both launch satellites? Yes. Do they have human beings working at their companies? There's a third reason they're the similar. Yes. Okay, cool. Do those people eat and have children? Probably. You know, it's like they're normal people. Yeah, yeah. that's four. So, okay, I'm making, I, I think I, I've made the point on why those two are not things. But anyway, let's go back to the free speech issue. What's your, so the, what's my, your hot take on this? My hot take on this is that when you have the, and this is not, Remember, this is not to disparage the advances in science and technology and even the advancement of space technology that Elon Musk has helped, like, or has really championed and I'm not taking anything away from him. Not taking, that is not a disparaging remark. If anything, it proved out the fact that he has so much clout to do certain things. Now, as, as no person can, can really do, it's, it's, it's underestimate his, I, I want to say, diligence, if not determination, and intelligence yeah. on, on that, or sorry, on, on whole. There's oh, clearly yeah, an intelligent yeah. person there. Yeah. Controlling, having a controlling interest in a platform that you are already a, a, a huge force of gravity on. Like this guy yeah. is the sun for a lot of Twitter, and most of us just revolve around him. And yep. much like gravity, when a giant solar flare spews from his face <laughs> shit that is in the way, it experiences it. Stock markets, uh, you know, teenagers trying to track his plane. Um, you were saying the, S- yeah, the SEC has made the, some- the, the SEC has made remarks about Elon Musk saying you can't say things about certain stocks because Twitter, you yeah. have such clout. You move markets. There is an yeah. index fund. Tied or no, sorry, it's a yeah, sorry, it's an ETF. It's an exchange traded an exchange traded fund that is tied to Elon Musk Twitter. The 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 thesis of which is these stocks will perform based on Elon Musk tweeting about them no way. And, and around them. Yeah. So when you have a person who is so gravitationally massive, they're they're the mass of this person in the public sphere of like of discourse that they can move economies that they can move stock markets yes of course you should be worried 
that they would want to invest and have a controlling interest on the platform in which they're able to move entire markets. The, the opposite case of this is just as dangerous, even though it's a person that I kind of admire. It's Michael Burry. Michael Burry, the mathematician who called the 08 market crash and made uh, what is not, it's not Sequoia, it's I think it's Silk or Apache or something, his, his firm, 390% you know, growth because he bet against the real estate market in the OA crash. Mm. Weird dude, incredible mathematician. Ultimately, he's calling again another mass recession. He called Twitter, he called, sorry, he called Tesla a few times and he was wrong several times. But ultimately, okay. he he is calling for another mass recession. But he was, he was, um, turned, uh, sorry, he was um, deplatformed on Twitter. They said, Michael oh. Burry, because you are a massive investor for a huge hedge fund, you're not allowed to tweet anymore. We're deactivating your account. What you people say will literally sell, sell stocks based on him just even making a comment. Based yeah. on him making a comment. Yeah. Funnily enough, you can still read his public quarterly reports for his hedge fund. So you can Who? trade based on him. Who but, wants to read? But Boring. him tweeting him tweeting on Twitter ultimately gets him deplatformed, yeah. and by all accounts, a very bright person who is calling for calamity in in the economy for the most yeah. part, and saying people should be worried about even so, such simple investments like index funds and ETFs. Okay, so I want to read Elon's statement here because I think it's it, I think it's relevant but also irrelevant, and it, I, th- I think they're they're maybe we're going to tease out classic I, Elon, yeah. <laughs> He said, uh, my strong intuition, intuitive sense, sorry, is that having a public platform that is maximally trusted and broadly inclusive is extremely important to the future of civilization. It's such a word salad that I thought, well, that can't be true. So that what? simply cannot be true. What no, because Alex, that's only premise. You've only read premise. Did yeah. you read why? That is why? No. So his premise is that in or so that's the premise in order to keep this platform that is so vital to human discourse. Oh yeah. So in order vital. to keep it so in order to keep it open and uh, supportive free speech the way it is is wrong. The way it must be is actually my idea and that's it needs to be a private company so that you can't you know, have, uh, you know, uh, shareholders dictating what it does next. You can't be governed mm-hmm. entirely by advertiser, advertiser dollar because a dip in advertiser dollar might also be a dip in advertiser or a dip in shareholder stock price. And thus you could be liable for actually doing something against what the platform is designed to do. And that is quite simply as a publicly traded company to maximize shareholder value. Correct. Is it. And, I, and I, so I think this brings us to why I actually think he's doing this and to i think maybe you're going to agree or disagree here but this anyway this is my intuition i saw him make this statement and i thought and then i heard jack dorsey came out uh i don't know if the people know who jack dorsey is he's one of the i think original founders founders. co-founders of twitter he actually so we heard about the poison pill last week i don't know if anybody's watching this um the board of twitter said well we're going to create a poison pill essentially if you move to buy more than i think it's is it 15% would get him controlling stock in Twitter? Something like that. Some high percentage, whatever it is. Greater than 10%, maybe we'll say. They said, if you move to do this and you buy this much stock, we will take all of our shares and we will flood the market with them. Yep. 
thus ma- making it so that you you we're gonna I think it's called a not a buyback. They'll double their shares. That's what it is. They'll essentially take the shares he bought and make them sink. Like the ones he buys will not be able to double, but they can double all theirs. Something like that. It was something weird where they like essentially can stop him from owning 10% by doubling the shares they have. So this would make the shares worth much less, which would not be good for Elon. Elon does not want the shares to be worth less. My intuition is that what he wants to do is buy the company, drum up a lot of press, that he's the vanguard of free speech and, and and the stock price will rise. It will rise a lot. And then he's going to sell off a bunch of his shares and make money. This has nothing, nothing to do with free speech. This is only about inflating the shares he currently has to twice their value and getting rid of them. That's a, Honestly, I think that's exactly what he's doing. Because he, look, we're all talking about this. And anybody who's who's looking or anybody who's thinking about this, you know, they're going to get on Twitter more and they're going to be talking about this and be trending. And like, again, to your point about the SEC kind of flagging these moving markets, it's like, well, that's what he's doing right now. This, this is moving the Twitter market. That's what he's doing. And he already owns nine per, I think 9%, I think, but he, he didn't take a board, a, a board, a board seat, but he, I think he owns a 9% of Twitter right now. I could I be wrong about that number. It, I it could it has to be yeah. between five and ten. I know it has to be that much. Yeah, it's not enough to be a controlling stake in the company. But so that's because that's what he's trying to do. But once you take over ten percent of a company, and I think the shares are right now. I'm going to make it up. They're at fifty bucks a share. Well, mm-hmm. the stock price is going to rise exponentially once he buys the rest of them. This is he's this is purpose built. This is about money. And anybody who's like, no, it's about free speech. Do you think Elon Musk is about free speech? No. He's about dollars. The guy's about business. I don't see this in any way being about free speech. And for those people who are thinking it is, I feel sad for you. I just don't think you're, I think you're being played in a way that, you know, this guy's, a, this guy's playing 40 chess and you're, you're, you're not even be able to king somebody on checkers right now, you know? Uh, so, I, and it's not to say that I'm smarter than you. It's just to say that I'm, I look, I've looked at just more stuff and that's my assessment of it. It's not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not saying you're dumb. I'm saying I just think my assessment is that it's about money. Or, or it's just like I've shoveled enough horseshit to know what it smells like. It's yes. You know, turn turn yes. the way that turn slam slam the door in front of the Jehovah's guys. It'll feel so much better. Nine they, times out of ten, the answer to everything's money. It's not free speech. Like that's the way it goes, guys. Like sorry. Which um, which I could be wrong though. I I'm 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 happy to be wrong on issues. You know, being wouldn't, wrong is wouldn't humbling, it be so nice but... if you were wrong? But I th- I think what would even be more fascinating is to is really and try like, try and explore, and this is what we can't do. So let's let's do an experiment of what we can't do, which is really really tough. I'll get that yarn sure. in post. Really Sorry. to explain <laughs> to explain what we can't do, and that is what a conceive. Conceive of the idea that you have billions of dollars. And yeah, so let's start there. That's my baseline. And I need you to figure out what it's like to be bored when you have billions of dollars. And not just like what it's like to be bored, but what it's like to have billions of dollars validating that your boredom must mean that something else in the world is wrong because you only have <laughs> yeah. validation that everything you do eliminates boredom. Like that's, <laughs> that's everything you do 
is a thing that moves the planet. So when you're bored, clearly the world is in need of some planet moving yeah. shit. Yep. So yep. conceive of that level of, of ego and then billionaire status and then boredom. Yeah. And yeah. really think, okay, he, he tackled electric vehicles. Nice. Tunnel tack- under California. <laughs> he tackled boring machine. He tackled yeah. a literal machine for boring yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he's like, fuck it. I'm going to space. Excuse my language. Second time. I'm going to space. Maybe well, even no, I, I'll and go I'm to gonna Mars. Solve internet. I'm going to solve the internet for the planet. Solve as well. the internet. Yeah. Free. And, then yeah, basically. and now he's just like, all right. He's like, all right, musky. You are clearly the Jesus that everyone's been waiting for. You're just a technocrat. And I think it's time for us to tackle what what people really don't know that they need solved for them. And that's their own public forum of communication. Let's Correct. let's let's solve for them themselves. Well, look, the okay. ultimate Elon Musk <laughs> sword to die on. I, I'm going to take a conservative position here that, you know, I somewhat agree with. And this is the sort of the, the groundwork that. Twitter has essentially laid for themselves in order to be put in a position where people feel as though they're they're silencing conservatives. So we had people like, you know, okay, whatever. Take Donald Trump's a Pierce example. We had Donald Trump taken off of Twitter. Yet the Taliban, to some extent, or recruiting Twitter's, Twitter's uh, channels, I'm not even sure what they are, they still remained on Twitter to some extent for whatever time they did. People point to this and say, oh, the literal Taliban are on Twitter, but Donald Trump can't be on Twitter. Donald Trump is not is not the Taliban. It's like, no, no, I agree. There are degrees of just, you know, outrage here we should have. And obviously, this start with the Taliban being on Twitter. Now, I don't know if the Taliban is still on Twitter, if they enjoy a freedom to roam Twitter, or just talking about killing gays and and stoning women. I don't know if they're doing that that much, but my intuition is they're, I, I mean, maybe you search it now in real time, but I, no, I don't I think, think they're I on think... Twitter or maybe they are. I don't know. So I see where conservatives are coming from. They're like, well, you're silencing a bunch of conservatives. They're saying, you know, in some ways, ostensibly really hateful shit, violating mm-hmm. the terms of service of a private company, Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know what that, I don't know why Taliban hasn't been taken off there or anybody else, a j- jihadist groups or the cases. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that's what we have to live by liberal principles. And we're not living by them if we're allowing jihadists on there and taking Alex Jones off. So I, I, I agree with conservatives but, here. A little but bit. Alex, Alex, come on, let's be real. The Taliban is leading Afghanistan to a glorious and prosperous future. Let's just, <laughs> let's level set. All right. Wow. Come on. You've okay. seen the propaganda. You've seen the, the realistic videos they've sent to the world asking for aid not to further disenfranchise women and any person of color yes. or any person that helped the military before they came into power. Alex, you've seen what they're doing to, to you know make the country reemerge as the gold standard of proxy wars with Russia. I'm saying... The problem with the audience that the Taliban commands is it's kids in the sandbox versus desert storm. Like it, you, you have Trump to the Taliban on the on the okay. on a platform like Twitter. One again is great for advertisers until it's not. The other 
is DM people, DMing people and then trying to covertly convert them to a cause to subjugate their governments. It's really just, it's not, <laughs> it's not the same for, no. for well. it's not the same dollars and cents. Cause you're, yes, our platform is used for incredibly malevolent purposes, but ultimately like it didn't about hurt the our dollars. share price. Yeah. It did yeah, not hurt exactly. our share price. Yeah. And it's like, Alex Jones was great for the platform until he wasn't like, and that's, and that's yep. where if we can do yep. one thing, if we, cause we do this, we do this a lot in how we look at public discourse and how we look at uh, our governments and what we want from our governments. And that is evolution. You know, don't be static. Don't be so stuck and entrenched in, in a single, yeah. in a no, single, right. yep. a single progress or a single line moving forward. Really the corporations have taught us one thing. They follow the ebbs and flows of the almighty dollar and they do it fast. Yeah. They do it efficiently. Change, change, change always in all ways kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So like the gut, like the gun debate I was just talking about, it's like it, you're behind the gun debate, man. Yeah. So yeah. we're expecting, we're expecting, you're saying we're expecting governments to be more nimble in this, in this space, but we, we, we don't have nimble, like we, we just have not raised governments to be nimble in this fashion. And then we're expecting private corporations to be, statically yeah, like yeah be, so that we be, can catch up yeah yeah be static and yeah. stand stand by your your mission statement yeah. and then you're like wait whoa, whoa we're a private company like our mission is to capitalize like why Correct. are like yes how we capitalize is technically free speech adjacent it's like free speech light yeah it's free, like yeah fair it's yeah. it's free speech blue or new free speech it's well if if anyone wants to see woefully inept people, uh, government officials deal with a technocrat, watch Mark Zuckerberg being interviewed by the Senate. Oh my God. It's clear that most of them don't even know. I don't think they know what's, uh, what Facebook is. I don't think they know Cyborgs what, what a meme is. are not allowed have, to no. be interviewed in the Senate. And also, Correct. When, <laughs> when you give the cyborg the opportunity to say, well, like, wait, how can you have all these free users and all these free people and all this free stuff? How do you make any money? And then the cyborg just says in like a few words, like through ads, like just <laughs> lay it down on the line. I was just like, yeah. Ugh. Come on, yeah. guys. You know, ba- no basic it's monetization so models. It's yeah. so bad. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. It's bad. It's okay. Bad. So I did a brief uh, Twitter search. Yeah. There's something called the Islamic Emirate AFG. It's called at Taliban updates. The it, always fun it, guys, of course. It the AFG. definitely has some, well, one, it's got Arabic on it, which I don't read. Surprise, surprise. I know what you're thinking. Um, but it's definitely. It's a little propaganda for the Taliban, 100%. So that's my intuition about what it says. Uh, there are some English updates on them there. I'll Here, I'll read you one that's especially haunting me right now. If the people of Please. truth cannot become lions, so don't be a dog of the people of falsehood. I don't even know what that means, but... Uh, something's I, so, it yeah. something. <laughs> so this is where it's, it just doesn't have the same snappy hit. No. It's like you know what it's not. I'm not singing it. Is probably what it no, is. It, I, you're I think singing it. You're, you're you're meant to sing it in Arabic, and I think that's what I I'll, I'm going to learn that one those that those two sentences there, and I'm yeah. going to be able to do it next next. And as word. as any <laughs> German can tell you, Arabic is a language of peace. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh god what <laughs> like this is it man this is the hypocrisy of the left it's like yeah i see ta- it's it's called at taliban updates it's on twitter and it's like I, look i don't know what um i don't know how to quantify the danger of a guy like alex jones or or Ben Shapiro or or uh, Charlie Kirk or or Tucker Carlson or you know, there's a there's a, a bunch of these talking heads. I don't know how to quantify how bad they are for democracy and the way they spread propaganda. Uh, they 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 hyperbole a culture mm-hmm. war. Like I don't know how to quantify that. My intuition is it's it's a lot. It's bad. It's greater than if I, I was trying to put a percentage of damage on democracy. I feel I feel like they're doing like sixty percent damage here. Uh, on democracy but no critical it, hits uh, just like 60 percent no, damage on. <laughs> no no crits no crits yo only no crit. body shots yeah no if you don't give them crits it's all they, there's no, they're not smart enough to do crits um so it's i i i don't think the taliban that twitter website like this twitter thing is doing any damage to our democracy right now one because i don't read arabic so i don't know what the hell it's saying but it, it does speak to the hypocrisy so i do think there's something there but, but I think that a guy, those, again, the guys I named, they're, they're doing more damage to this institution, the institutions we value. I, Taliban are not here, so they don't, you know, I don't know. That's kind of yes. hard to quantify it. But I still think, again, with, with the platform, any, any private, privately owned platform, it's, it, they want to de-platform those people that can negatively affect the consumer. Not yeah. not not yeah. even just monetization, but remember the consumer. Whereas oh, the okay. Taliban is, they're really not talking to like they're not they're like what is is a is a are you recruiting? If you're recruiting members, are you really looking for consumers? You're like you're very yeah. much just yeah. trying to you know get people to the cause, which could come in the form of donations, maybe some sort of consumerism there. But remember, no, you're right. It's it's about the money. It's it's, it's yeah. Twitter yeah. is it's consumers and guys. This is. This is every platform you're a part of. This is your. This is Google. This is Facebook. This is Pinterest. Oh my goodness! Their ad platform in the last year has gotten bananas with how really? they can target you with stuff now. Oh yeah, Pinterest. Okay. P- yeah. Pinterest users are officially just like, oh my goodness, mothers between the ages of 29 and 39 use retail therapy as a way to get away from their families. Boom! Like it is just it is there and it is built in. Sure. Because they don't. They don't care about you as the individual. They don't care about you and your free speech. No. They care about you as a They're gaming a your attention. An- yeah, yes, you're an algorithm. You're in the algorithm. Yeah, attention totally. is the commodity. Yeah. And yeah. what we have here to harken back to Elon Musk, we have a person who clearly knows the game better than many. And he is going to he's going to play it at a level that he wants until yeah. someone actually stops him. Not says he can't. Until someone or some committee or some body says, "No, that's, that's done. Well said, man. You're done now." And, and, and you know what? You just said a cool thing. It was that people need to wake up. This is that. That's what republic. That's what conservatives tell you. Yo, well, you need to wake up. It's like, no, bro. You need to wake up to the way your attention is being gamed by the things around you. And 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 once you see that, once you really see the way your attention is being gamed, to your point about pinterest like i didn't even i didn't even know that like these kind of things i don't even think about but yeah i know that my attention is being gamed and maybe i told you the story i've already talked about is like how i i regamed my facebook feed it was just feeding me just just liberal outrage right and i was like i'm i don't like this This is toxic so i started watching videos of a guy who like trims cow's feet and then that 
And then all of a sudden they started feeding me like llama shearing or sheep shearing videos, which are, are very satisfying to watch a llama <laughs> who has like way too much fur or, or whatever hair. I don't know what's fur or hair, but when you see this like llama, it's, it's le- like, man, it's, that llama. it's lanolin, isn't it? I thought it was lanolin. Lanolin is, <laughs> is the oil, I think, on sheep's bodies or in sheep's wool or something. Anyway, it's very satisfying to see a sheep that has way too much wool on it gets shorn down to like the sleek... You know, if you will, sexy sheep. It's like, yeah, oh. man, this is so sad. So, so now my Facebook feed just feeds me videos of uh, hoof trimming and uh, overgrown horses' feet, cows' feet being trimmed. Oh. Just um, farriers just started, rocking their crap. Yes. They actually started feeding me this uh, this one guy's YouTube channel called The Hoof GP. And he's like this Scottish guy who goes around trimming cows' feet. Because I guess I didn't know this, but I mean, this is really divergent from politics, but... Um, cows in the UK, because there's no, the, it, it rains a lot. They tend to get like soggy feet. I, I never really thought about this because yeah. like, think about that, right? If it, if it never gets snowy and it, and it just rains constantly, well, their hoofs don't have chance to really dry out and harden. So you don't see that here in Canada. Like we we have lots of like, you don't see that. It's not a thing. You know, you know that when a horse gets shoes, it's, you know, they trim the feet and they get the shoes, but like cows don't get their feet trimmed. Oh no. In the UK, this happens quite a bit because their feet get soft and like spongy and they almost get like hoof rot and stuff like that. Anyway, yeah. this guy's like, he's got his own YouTube channel. I mean, you go look at it. It's called the hoof GP. It's actually, it's quite satisfying when he pulls out like a three inch spike out of a hoof or something like that. Like, oh, this, this cow's limping. Why? Oh, look at this. And he'll just, uh, a rock will come out of their freaking foot where they've been walking on a rock for like a month a and month. it's like buried in there. It's crazy. It, like, I, anyway, yeah. I, what resilient beasts these, these animals are yeah. anyway. Do but, not uh, yeah, Google so what, uh, what a calf's hoof looks like when they come out of the womb, by the way, that will haunt your dreams for years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so, there's so much. There's so much stuff coming out. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So I, I gained my Facebook feed. I said, I don't want to be fed this toxic shit anymore. And I just started watching these videos. And that's like all it suggests to me now. So, you know, it's nothing like watching a sheep be shorn quickly. So, yeah. so anyway. that so that our listeners know, to, to, to be in line with everything we just denounced about every other platform, our MO really is to make you laugh. To give you a Simpsons yeah. reference, Gliven. Correct. And to <laughs> hang out with each other on a weekly basis. Like, really, That's we're it. inviting you into yeah. our living room. The only thing that you're not doing with us is drinking the scotch that we are. So that's mm-hmm. that's our that's our MO. It's very simple. Um very easy. For yeah. for for every other platform that you're on, go check the ad data that the platform has on you and go mess with it if you like. How Google's, do you do that? I, I, I don't even know. How do you do that? Tell me. Oh, so you, so you can look, you can check the, it's the Facebook personal ad data that is on you or the personal advertising data. And you have to, it's like, a, it's a bit of a path. They make sure you have to go okay. through a few steps to get it, but okay. you, you don't request it. You usually access it within your Facebook profile. You access it in your Google profile actually quite easily. I think it's only four steps, but they categorize you based on the cookies that are in your browser and you can look up yep. the the profile that Google has on you for ads it serves you and you can go mess with it so that you get weirder if not more kind of relieving ads. Now granted there's likely some information they have on you that they don't release to you because I'm, my guess is that compliance is only 85% and yeah, not great. enforced proprietary but, or whatever yeah. yeah. But 
for the stuff they do have on you that you can't access, it'll say like, li- likely owns a vehicle between the ages of X and Y, uh, is looking for a home, a home in the next, yeah, three sure. to five months, owns a home. These are things you can all find out about yourself and you can go have a lot of fun with messing around with them. Or guys, if you're on any platform, you get served an ad, you can just flag each ad to say, not relevant to me, not relevant to me until you get perfectly randomized ads. And sometimes Canadians, my friends, Sometimes you get those glorious like sofa land ads from Buffalo, especially if you're in <laughs> Southern Ontario of just like the store owner uh, telling you about like their warehouse sale. And they're so good. They're just, they're raw. They're so good. Clearly edited by someone's niece or nephew in the family. <laughs> and like, they're just so great. So go mess with your ads, people. Go, go mess like up it. the okay, algorithm. So I've been doing that. I've been doing that has been saying, I see an ad I don't like, irrelevant. I just take, I sweep it away. I'm like, nope, I don't want to see this anymore. Did and, you click um, on the three dots and say, this is why yeah, this ad is not applicable is, Exactly. To I do yeah. that. And um, okay, but here's the other weird thing. Maybe you're going to explain this to me because other people have reported this to me and I don't know if it's a thing or not, but you, in my intuition is it is. I was out golfing with uh, a buddy of mine, right? And he goes, have you ever tried a power slice? I'm like, no, I don't uh. even know what a power slice is. He goes, it's like, you're going to play your slice in a way that's whatever he's trying to explain to me. And he was telling me he was watching like a Rick Shields video. Who's like a very prominent internet golfer type of guy who's on, I think he's on Instagram or something. Anyway, he's like, oh, Rick Shields does it. Oh, he goes, yeah, you should, should try it. And then he was trying to explain this to me. I thought, you know what? My golf game's already bad enough without introducing random things you saw on the internet that i've never practiced into my golf game so i said oh you know what you do you do your thing man i'm just gonna keep swinging away here i get home my phone's you know ever you know there's a thing on fit you know how it gives you the number there's like how comments or something like that so anyway, i open it up hey, what's the first thing i see a rick shields video with power slicing and i'd never searched anything like this before but why is it in my facebook feed now so what's going on there so I mean, my I'm like my phone's listening to me. That's the only conclusion I have. Yes. So here is where <laughs> you're gonna you blow have... the lid off something right now. No, it's not even. It's like it's tough to blow the lid off of because the the current the current stance of the public is consistent anecdote across thousands. The current sure. statement of Facebook, Apple. And Google is that, no, we do not use... Re- oh, and there we go. Oh, just sorry. Google just woke up when I said its name. Thanks, Android phones. <laughs> um, so the statement of, the, um, of, the statement of them is, no, we do not record you and then yep. ultimately serve you ads based on recording you at all times. Granted, the new research is coming out on video conferencing platforms. So this is the, the most recent analysis, and this was like a month ago. Video conferencing platforms can still, by their, their terms of service, can still record you even if you turn off your camera and you turn your, your mic on mute. What? Yes. So they, they, can, they can still do it. So this is like all the more reason why you should get a mic, uh, uh, what's it called? A, um, uh, uh, a camera protector for your, for your yep. webcam on your computer. Get one. Your mic, on the other hand, like unless you have uh, an external mic that you only ever use and then you put that on mute, you it's can, you. can yeah. a zoom, can yeah. a zoom call maybe be recorded? The answer is possibly yes. yes. So, okay, so I thought it might be this too. So maybe you're going to explain this to me too. I thought it might be like, 
he has an Apple phone and I have an Apple phone and he's been searching those videos on his. Is there any crosstalk between the phones that's happening in the airdrop kind of in an airdrop way kind of way or like, I, I don't know. I'm sp- I'm spooling here because I I'm trying to explain this in a way that's not. Yeah. I'm totally yeah. crazy. So you know? to, to, to let's finish off audio and then I will get to what's called okay, geo sorry, geo sorry. Geotar- targeted um um like uh, retargeting or geo targeted okay. ads. So what you have on and the end of the debate on audio is that Facebook, Apple, and Google deny ever doing this. Anecdotal evidence is entirely to the contrary. Ultimately, if mics exist on that thing you carry around with you all the time and they did record you. They do record all of your like Ask Siri stuff. Like you can actually see the repository of all your, hey Googles, all your Ask Siri's, all of those. You can go find that repository okay. in your in your protected data. The problem with the advertising ecosystem of those platforms is that it's called a walled garden. They know what they're doing. And the people who hold the algorithms to match advertising to you know what's going on. And these are co- these are committees of people. We're talking hundreds of the, hundreds of the brightest of engineers on the planet know what's going on, and then the executives mm-hmm. around it. But will the consumer ever actually get an answer to this? Honestly, probably not until a clinical study is done ad hoc. But they will only have anecdotal evidence themselves because they'll never get access to the walled garden. That could be really bad for business. Yeah, so. Fair. The answer is the answer is maybe, but there's no no verified evidence, only anecdote. So when you um, say walled garden, you mean something like, or sorry, when you say anecdotal evidence, you mean something like if I if I purchased a thousand iPhones and I put them all in separate rooms in a warehouse and, and you, I said different things to the phones things, and then yes. and then and then measured how many of those phones then offered me something that I mentioned to it, and yes. it, what if it turned out to be 500 of the thousand phones it's like well 50 percent of the time isn't i mean that, that that's that's what you'd expect almost is that i, I don't know I, no and, yeah, and I by 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 anic by anecdotal evidence i'm saying there are entire reddit threads core threads public outrage about this that happens no, but all the saying time. even he, even the, i just posited a fake scenario oh that would so be that, considered that, anecdotal that, right I, because yeah. the, your, your your clinical study is just like oh well what is the composition of a of an ad profile or an ad persona targeted at individuals like you so th- this is the mm-hmm. problem with the yeah. ultimate like how ad personas for cohorts of consumers are created and this is where it gets super convoluted cohorts of consumers at least right now while the third party cookie still exists exist in like several different persona types across many different technological platforms it's and it's Google, almost like a phenotype there's an infinite number of phenotype phenotypical characteristics of say something like your face this yes. is why we all look different actually so now but, it's like trying to trying to create an identical face and get an identical response for that face every single freaking time it would be well well not. as the yeah as the person experimenting without yeah. seeing behind the walled garden you have to reverse engineer that it's that's a tall Correct. order. And then you're you also, have to- You're also, be- you're beginning with the question answered. You're saying, this is happening and I'm going to find a way to make sure I prove yes. it instead of saying, what's happening? We'll just yeah. start doing a random study and see what happens. Yeah. But the thing is that the what's happening can be easily answered by, uh, you know, ad- the cor- advertising the profiles. And, well, no, <laughs> advertising personas yeah. and profiles are multivariate and the multivariate yeah. 
um, application is ultimately nuanced sometimes. So to get you things that other people said to you in recent history, that's one answer. The other answer is what you're talking about is yes. If the golf website that you both signed into to buy your clubs or buy your tickets or buy whatever you did that day when you played golf, if you had any interaction with the same digital property, website, app, anything that was similar, and your devices are both in close proximity to to each other, and ads are being surfed up, or things are being searched by one device, it could be you could be, you know, algorithmically targeted to say all devices in, you know, relation to this device that search golf thing X, ah, target them to, to other devices because they're on the they're golf in, course. Probably they're in the same proximity. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Because yeah, device okay. X search device, a searched it. So we'll just serve it up to all of the devices. And that's actually the really big problem with mobile advertising is that it's people think that, the end of the third party cookie will be this new dawn of privacy in the advertising world. It won't be, it'll just be a new way that Google needs to figure out how to pass back ad data to advertisers. But ultimately they still have Android as an advertising platform. And that shit is so invasive. They They can get device type IP address, what browser you looked at stuff on and like when you were active in a given interface to then serve you ads. Like this is, it, it it's so rob- it's so robust that actually Aldo, since you're still listening, we should talk because it it is actually it's fascinating how much of a digital trail you leave when you do something as so, simple as go on Wordle. We're we clearly need to have him on the podcast. I've been asking him. I'm like, man, you're you're a brilliant mind. Come on the podcast, talk to us plebs, and learn us good with your wording. Uh, I just think, yeah, so I think we agree we should, I'm going to try and goad him into doing it, but he's like, I have nothing interesting to say. I'm like, what are you talking about? Every time we get together, we have these incredible conversations. The most interesting people always say, I have nothing interesting to say. This is that's, this is the sentiment, right? It's the the problem with the fools is they're so damn sure of themselves. And the problem with uh, intelligent people is they have so much self-doubt. Actually, you know, here's the other thing that's even more frustrating is that Aldo has a older brother named uh, Livio. And he is like just as brilliant. And they, he was telling me about, I, I, I can't even do it justice. He was telling me, but like he could solve all our energy problems overnight. And I was like, well, oh, t- tell me, tell, t- tell me what your plan is. He's like tiny nuclear reactors in every municipality, like just need their own tiny. He goes, the technology exists out there. We just, we are just so afraid of nuclear, but it's so safe now. This is gonna, we should just be doing this. We're at Hold large. On. I'm like what? Rebuttal? Thorium or like actual nuclear fusion? Oh, I don't even know. Sorry, what fission. You're now. Fission. You've lost me. Yeah. It's not fusion. It's fission. Uh, he he just he's got these cr- like I mean, they're not even crazy. It's like he has a substantive argument about why we need miniature nuclear reactors and how we could be totally energy independent. I'm like, why aren't you like? running for public office man this is like crazy that you're telling me stuff like this and uh but yeah they're they're like they're they're these guys are smart they're smart dudes they they think about stuff on levels i'm not thinking about they this is they took up they took up scotch tasting as a hobby and said we're not going to buy 12 12 year old scotches we're going to buy like 30 year old scotches and we're only going to compare them to each other this is like how deep they're like they're like we're just going to become experts at scotch and they started talking about to me about scotch and i was immediately lost and i've been drinking scotch for like the last 20 years (laughs) they just are so they're like 
they could tell with the flavor profile of, you know, I don't know, this Ardbeg that they tried last year. It's like, uh, okay, you, you lost me already. I don't even profile. I, I just I'm trying to get, just drink some scotch and have a cigar and get drunk. Man. I'm a simple I'm man, Alex. All I'm trying to do is man, chase, you know? I'm chasing the Pete. <laughs> Got to chase the Pete. That's, that's all it. I do. <laughs> oh, that's the other thing. They're sort of purists. They don't like, they don't like Oban. They don't like um, Lagavulin. Um, they don't like anything that's too like smoky or peaty that right they don't like uh uh you know what's some other ones in this family i'm trying to think here seems like they don't like drinking gasoline the taliskers Octosin, the, yeah. yeah no talisk don't don't do a talisker they're more of like the single malt highland that's like their yeah. that's what they do yeah and those are the most expensive uh, of them right so yeah they're drinking exclusively 18s 24s 25s yeah they're just drinking the best stuff so and that's don't forget we have them on and and freezer limoncello and backyard grappa because they got to balance it out somehow. <laughs> that's, oh, that's so funny. The last time I was, we were hanging out, somebody broke out the limoncello shots, and I'm like, "This is disgusting. Why, do we, why does anybody drink this? We'll just I, make it a, in the freezer." I'm trying to make an analogous, like what it tasted like. It was like, um, it was like Buckley's Buckley's cough medicine. In lemon flavor. That's the way it, re- it read in my brain. I was like, like Are, did you just give me cough medicine? What's just happened there? It's like, no, a, that's the way I. It tastes yeah. like if lemons were like the first witnesses to a horrific murder. That's what it tastes like. <laughs> just spoiled. Just, just ruined. Oh, those totally lemons. Ruined. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. No. <laughs> Shaking a uh, coffee mug. Just. And what is grappa? It's like the grain alcohol that they pour it's, off wine or something they, like yeah, that. Like, yeah, because you, after you make the wine, you have all the grape skins left. If you have keep it yes. you have in the stems and all the other shit. And if you, if you, I think if you let that rot a little more and then you boil it off, that's how you make the grappa. Because mm. you have to, it's a, it's distilled. It's not um, yes. fermented. You have yes. to, you, so you have to distill grappa. Um, but I think I it's like a add sh- add sugar boil or not. You don't. Even, I don't think you have to boil it. No, Do you, you have just to let it rot. No. Well, you have to boil you it off it to get, ferment, make right? the distillable. Yeah, you let it ferment. Some, you're right. Correct. Yes. With yes, the yes. stems and skins in grappa. Yeah, it is harsh. It, if you haven't had grappa before, get yourself some grappa. Yeah. it uh, It's one of those things where it's like. Strong. It'll Stings put, the nostrils. <laughs> 60% of the time. It works every it time. Works. It clears your sinuses every time. It smells like pure gasoline. Um yeah, no, it uh, it puts it puts hair on your chest, which uh, or your back, oh, yeah. whichever, oh, yeah. whichever one you find inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, Alex. All right, on that note. On that note, from from hunting to the culture war that is about to be upon us, and we're about to be drowning in binary issues, uh, oh. to 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 musky poo and uh, Ted Cruz being pro rape. I think we've had a good <laughs> good sesh today. Poor Ted, he's had a he's had a terrible episode. Ted has, but that's yeah. You, you reap what you sow, brother. Yeah. Stop being so pro rape. <laughs> that's it. All right. All right. Till next week. Thanks Til for the next chat, week. Bud. Good chat. Take her easy.